What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Yet another episode. Having said that with Lander Griffith, we are like on episode four or five of the year now, which like doubles all of the past year combined. So I'm kind of blowing and going. We are creeping up on episode 50, and I'm not giving any spoilers, but episode 50, if I can make it there, is going to be a great one with maybe even some cool news. We'll see what happens. I kind of have to get there. I think we're like on 47, 46, so we're, we're getting up there. Um, as always, proud member, LMK, my boys, my brothers, Mr. Uh, Mark Youngblood and the Pick 4 Podcast, coming all the way up from uh, the Pacific Northwest and Battleground, Washington. I can never say that. Pacific Northwest. Pacific I Northwest. always say Pacific Northwest. <laughs> Um, and of course, Ty King with the win, loser Ty. He's still blowing a going, man. That dude has gotten him an amazing killer new job that he's been like doing training and then traveling and then more training and then training while he's traveling and all this stuff over the past four, five, six months. But he hasn't stopped recording. It's kind of more sporadic, which is fine. Ty said on his episode the other day, that's the way his brain works. And I laughed so hard because I feel like the way you were releasing your episodes is exactly how I would imagine your brain works. And that is so funny. Love you guys. We need to get a, a threesome episode again going on soon. Um, we are officially sponsored, unofficially, but officially by mine and my wife's new business, Kiz My Botox. So it's Kiz, K-Y-Z. Her name's Cassandra. She spells it K-Y-Z-A-N-D-R-E. So Kiz My Botox. I know people probably see that and get confused. Um, we are blowing and going, guys. So you can find us. If you, if you know me personally and have my number, Shoot me a text. I'll link you up with her. Please don't call me. That's gross. We don't talk on the phone. Shoot me a text. I will gladly will help you out. Um, you can message me on Facebook or Instagram as well, just on the Having Said That page or my page on Facebook. Um, we also have a Facebook page. It's still her name, Cassandra, K-Y-Z-A-N-D-R-E Griffith. She's got two pages. I mean, be your friend on both, but... The one that has the Kids My Botox logo. We are like so not business people yet that we didn't know you could do a business Facebook page. So we have two personal pages, but here we are. We're going to have an Instagram going up too. Anyways, the reason I would tell you you want to follow those pages is we are offering deals sporadically. We're doing Botox, obviously. Uh, we're also doing some skinny shots. Uh, yes, please inquire about those. I'm telling you right now. That is what's making people happy. I've given on myself. They actually really do work. Uh, B12 injections, guys. I know y'all need that energy once in a while on girls. B12 injections. B12 is naturally in the body. It's not anything, you know, shady or anything. We got you there. And we have tri-immune, a good immunity. People start getting on vacations pretty soon with their families, going on cruises, stuff, surrounded by people. No one wants to wind up getting sick from then, so we'll boost your immune system. Anyways, get a hold of us. We got great prices, offering Botox parties, so on and so forth. Moving on. We actually have, I don't know if you even thought about this. Our guest today, is this is now your third time in the podcasting studio. It is, yeah. So my boy Brad Ville came. So you were here a long time ago at the old house, old studio mm -hmm. with our mutual friend Arturo doing um, the Would You Rather podcast, yes, which was that. a blast. We had some great feedback. Go back and listen to that one if you haven't listened. Just for fun, you know, laugh for an hour, an hour and a half, especially if you know Arturo. Um and then we had you on to promote your business that we were just talking about before we hit record on right. being super successful and blowing a going with advanced physical therapy. Right. Um, just shameless plug. Brad's not going to do it. This is me talking. You need physical therapy. If your family needs physical therapy, friends, go check out advanced physical therapy. Brad will hook you up. I don't say this because it's not 
because I'm I don't say it because it's not true. I think that makes sense. Yeah. If this wasn't true, I wouldn't say it because I've said it on this podcast and Brad wasn't in front of you. Hands down, the best physical therapist I've ever met, and I've worked with a ton in the the multiple jobs that I've had in the medical field, but. He's got something a little different over there at his place, more one-on-one time, things that he does. Honestly, he takes care of my daughter, so I can say that wholeheartedly. If I can send someone I love and care about to Brad, then obviously Brad's the guy to go to. Anyways, go check out Advanced Physical Therapy. But we're not here to talk about that this time. And if y'all have listened to any of my last couple episodes, I have have brought up our new, I've been calling it a sponsor just to, to get your name out there. But on the more serious note of things, um... I think it's safe to say, and if I'm wrong and you're a listener that doesn't agree with this, keep listening, but I don't know if I really want to associate with you. And I mean that wholeheartedly. That we all support our troops, right? Right. I'm not saying that if America is any certain war, whether that's present or past, you have to agree with the war. Um, And I think, you know what, I'm going to hold off on what I'm about to say because I'm going to ask you this here in a minute. Um, But I do think we all need to support the troops. That's anybody in the military um, because of the fact that that military is sticking their necks out there for our freedom. I can say what I want on this podcast because of people like you and anybody else who is willing to go and fight for our country and our rights. So having said that, what I think, and I'm not even going to say I think, I'm going to say what I know to be one of the biggest problems with our society, with, I don't know if you want to call it American government, American civilians, both as a conglomerate, we're supporting you while you're there. And I honest to God think that the moment you get back and I say there and get back, maybe you're actually overseas or maybe you just went to uh, like boot camp and stationed here in the States, but you're still coming home from something. Right. We kind of forget about you. I truly believe that. And I'm not saying anybody here, but I would, I would think personally in a general consensus, soldiers are forgotten about. Yes. And there is such a heartbreaking thing when you think about it because, and I'm going to let you speak to a lot of what I'm leading into, but I would imagine the rate of suicide for an ex or a vet is insanely high. Mm -hmm. Depression, anxiety, obviously PTSD. Um, I could only imagine too how hard it is to even get a job in civilian life after you've been in the military. Um, Cassandra and I talk about this constantly. Before we even hit record, I talked about how we love going to Vegas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, have you spent much time in Vegas? It's been a long time since I've been, but been a few times. You know, there's there's the 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 rate of homeless people in Vegas is insane, but they're all kind of along the streets asking for money and stuff, and a lot of people have a problem with that. I doesn't bother me one bit because I try wholeheartedly to live my life distinctive what led this human being to be in the position that they're in good or bad. Sure. But so many of them are vets Mm -hmm. and it is outright to me. It's disgusting. Mm -hmm. It's disgusting to see somebody who fought for my freedom to live on the streets, not know where he's going to get his next meal. It's gross. So anyways, the reason I bring any and all of that up is, and I don't know how long we've talked, we've been working on this, but you'll lead into that. But operation reset, Yes. This is what we're here to talk about today. I've talked about it on a few podcasts to kind of lean into it, but Operation Reset is what Brad Veal is here to talk about today. So before we even get to talk about what Operation Reset is, I would like for you to kind of just give me a little bit of your background in the military, how long you served, where you served, what branch you served, and so on and so forth. Okay. Um, so I joined the Army uh, right after graduating high school in 1998. Um 
I served a total of nine years. Oh, I did not realize you were there that long. That's yeah, awesome. Some of it was reserve time, but um, I did do two tours overseas, one in the Balkans um, in Bosnia. And then also mm. in 2005, I was in a, in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom. So I was in Iraq all that year. So you were only in Iraq for one year. For some reason, I don't know why, I thought you spent a, a longer amount of time there. No, um, I had come home in January 2006. Okay. That's when I started going to school. So no, I didn't do more than one tour. My brother's done three tours. Wow. Um, but no, I just had the two in Bosnia and Iraq. Um. I'm going to be completely honest with you, man. I don't, I don't even know how to bring these conversations up because I don't know what's appropriate and what's not. So yeah. if I ask a question, just tell me to shut the hell up. But um, I will ask you for sure. Did you have to see, I don't, do you call it combat? Is that the right word? Yes. I was like, where you're actually in firefight and stuff like that yes. in Bosnia as well, or just in Iraq? Bosnia was more of a peacekeeping mission, Okay, but there was a lot of crazy stuff that, that happened um, that we had to keep the peace for. Um, yeah, that's an interesting concept that you're, you're keeping the peace may right. result into non-peaceful. Correct. Right. Interesting. Um, the mission was a peacekeeping mission. Okay. And yes, we did have to keep the peace. Okay. At oh, times. And you were in Bosnia for how long? Uh, that was just a seven month tour. Okay. So when you say a tour, so like, okay, you're sh- shipped off on that. If that's an inhumane term, I apologize. But no, it's not. Okay. Shipped off to Bosnia. Do you mm-hmm. know, is it, okay, first of all, but first question is, is a tour X amount of time? Because I've heard of people saying I did multiple tours. Right. It depends on what branch you're in, where you're going. Okay. Um, like, let's say, for instance, in Iraq, there were some Air Force guys mm-hmm. and gals uh, on the on our the station that we were at. Um, they would do three-month tours. Okay. And three months on, then they'd go back home. Six months later, they might come back for another three months. Okay. Um the Marine Corps typically did six-month tours. Okay. They might go six months, go home for six months, come right. back for six months. Right. Um, there were times in that the Army was leaving guys there for 15 months. Mm. Sending them home for 12, go back for 15. Okay. And then they would maybe come home for 12, then go for another 12. Um, the Navy, I'm not sure what mm-hmm. anything about the Navy particulars. but um, So the definition of a tour... Uh, varies it just substantially. Varies. Yeah. When you know that you're getting sent to, we'll say Iraq, because you did a seven month tour there. Did you know when you went, it was a seven month tour? I th- before you went, you, do you see what I'm saying? Yes. So when we trained up for Bosnia, we knew that it was it was supposed to be six months. Mm-hmm. We ended up staying seven months. Okay. Bosnia. Um, seven. Okay. Iraq, we knew it was a twelve month tour. Okay. Um, we knew that when we left in the beginning of January 2005 that we were coming home the very end of December 2005. Okay. Well, I guess that's better that you know. Now well, we hoped sh- anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, that's actually a very important important comment right there. I'm sure there's plenty of uh, different branches and then the... Actually, I don't know the terms, but like, you know, you have like your Army Rangers, your Navy mm-hmm. SEAL, so within right. the branch, they're getting sent somewhere and probably, obviously have no idea where they're going for certain purposes so they don't Correct. talk family and friends but that they may not even know how long they're going to be gone right? very true you knew you were gone mm-hmm. for 12 months but there may be guys saying hey we're leaving at 0800 tomorrow and you'll be back when you're back i'll see you when i see you yeah yeah interesting exactly interesting so bef- before i even get to some of the questions i have um fresh out of high school what made you decide you want to get into the military uh 
my grandfather was in World War Two. Okay. My dad served during Vietnam. Wow. Okay. And so there was that you know family history. Um, you just kind of grew up talking about it, hearing about it. Yeah. Older brother, younger brother. Older brother. So he he joined after I did. Interesting. Yeah. You want to compete with old brother? That's okay. Right. That's, that's an interesting little concept. Okay. Um, and plus I was uh, an immature eighteen year old. Mm-hmm. You know, my parents didn't have the money to send me to college. Sure. Like some of the other my friends and mm-hmm. stuff. So. I knew that I wanted to go to school. Um, didn't have a way to do that at the time. Sure. So I joined um, for both serving my country, but also I knew that there were benefits with, you know, education that would come when I got out. Well, and you probably don't think about this at 18 because at 18, who gives a shit about mm-hmm. benefits with even getting loans for car, I mean, uh, for homes and yes. things like that and stuff to where there are some, there are some benefits I think that, that vets have that they should. Personally, I don't think it's near enough. Mm-hmm. There is some, but I'm sure at 18, you didn't give a shit about buying a house, but no, didn't even realize those benefits were there, you know, at the time, at the time when you say you wanted to, you you wanted to go to school, did you know you want to be a physical therapist? No. You wanted to do something to better yourself, to have a career. Mm -hmm. I just want to go to college. Yeah. This will be a quick way to see the world. I'm sure. And to, uh, to uh, get some college. Yes. Um, no one in my family, um, had graduated, or in my immediate family, mm-hmm. had ever graduated from college. And right. That was a goal for me. You want to be the first one to kind of set the goal and like, hey, here we are. Yes. Um, you sign a contract with the Army, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that's a four-year contract, correct? It was three. You can do three or four. Okay. If there are benefits to that, surely mm-hmm. there's something that says if you do the four-year, you get more. Bigger sign-on bonus. Okay. But it's um, for sure three. If you want to do it, there's no less than three years. Yes. Okay. So you sign your contract right out of high school? Like, did you know in high school, were you talking to the recruiters that were coming to feed your lunch yeah, and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, that? I actually signed the contract while I was still in high school. Okay. And it, But boot camp didn't start until, so I graduated in May. Mm-hmm. Boot camp didn't start till August. So I had to just work during that time. So okay. I got a night job, just worked. Yeah. Saved up as much money as I could. Was able to, you know, get a truck. That way I could have, you know, a vehicle where I was going. Um, are you from Lubbock? No, I grew up in Lockney. Okay, I know we had talked about that yeah. before, but I couldn't remember what it was. So, Lockney High School, you come now, August rolls around 1998. You're a young, dumbass 18 year old kid, <laughs> like <Yeah>. we all are. <laughs> um, do you remember what it was like leaving tiny ass Lockney, Texas? Mm-hmm. Home, I don't know what 5,000 people, I'm guessing 2,000, not even. Yeah. Hopping on that plane and not having a clue what you're doing, not going to see, you don't know anybody there. Right. Describe that, the fear, the anxiety, the excitement. I mean, I can imagine all of those are going, I can only say for me personally, I would have been a scared little bitch. I mean, it was, the, the anxiety was there for sure, but it was also uh, an excitement too. A lot of nervousness, you know, the unknown, um, but a lot of excitement too, knowing that. There's going to be some fun parts too. Um, for me, I had a friend that we both signed up at the same time. We graduated okay. together. We both went to boot camp at the same time. So that alleviated some of that stress because I had somebody I knew that we were going together. Man, that's got to be like, I, I would think that like immediate attachment. We're in oh, this yeah. together. Were y'all buds before? Yeah. 
Yeah, we okay. yeah we grew up together. I mean, we were friends You're in high school. Bucking, and, I guess so, yeah. and actually, he's the, he's the one that talked me into it. Interesting. Okay. He did. Okay. He was going to the MEP station in Amarillo, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Hey, what do you think about this?" And you know, so the wheels started turning. I'm like, "Yeah, my grandpa, my dad." You know, I'll go with you. Let's go yeah, check it out. Let's go. And we both signed that day. That it wasn't. Crazy. Let's go check did it your, out. Uh, and come back home. <laughs> did your uh, Did your parents know that you were going to go talk to recruiters? No. So you <laughs> you left Lockney with your bud to go to Amarillo and came back and said, "Oh, hey, mom, dad, by the way, I signed up." How did that conversation go? Well, mom started crying. I was just yeah. if, if I could picture that lots of tears from your mother yes. and your dad probably caught off guard but a big handshake or a hug however you're yeah he was, was he was proud happy. of you he did yeah. it exactly he was proud that i did it um, that's cool that's cool you know he he obviously had the stress and like oh shit damn i didn't see that coming but i'm proud of you son type thing that's cool that's i, I would imagine too and in, in doing something like that having family support holy shit like yeah but I would imagine every mother reacts the same way that your mother reacts. I can't fathom Full blown tears. How they wouldn't. Yeah, absolutely. You know, having kids now, if one of my daughters came to me and yep. said that I'm going, I've thought about I want to go, yep. I would burst out in tears. Absolutely, you would. <laughs> you know. So you go 18. Where are you stationed? Um, well, I'll say that boot camp first. Boot camp was in Fort Knox. Fort Kentucky. Knox, mm-hmm. Kentucky. Uh, interesting. I had a, uh, a very good friend of mine who I work with now who's, uh, I believe he said he was a Marine. Who uh, I believe, was, if he's not in Fort Knox, and maybe that's just Army, he was right around the Lexington okay. area. Mm-hmm. He talks about that all the time, so just how beautiful that area was. It was. That's pretty crazy, human. too. You come <laughs> from uh, from Lockney, Texas, which mm-hmm. is West Texas nonetheless, and then yep. you're going up to to uh, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Or uh, excuse me, Kentucky. Right. The hills, the greenery, mm-hmm. the weather. That's a that's a culture shock within itself. It is for sure. You know, looking out, seeing dirt storms and dry, hot weather. You go there, it's hot, humid. Yeah, you can't see. I hate you know, hundred yards. Yeah. Because of the trees, it's very beautiful up there. Yeah, very gorgeous. Beautiful. We but, went for a trip mm-hmm. in that same area. It's gorgeous. So you do your boot camp. I don't know how long that is. Sixteen weeks. Sixteen weeks. Mm-hmm. This is going to sound probably stupid and cliche, but I'm assuming with that, in that 16 weeks, you went in a boy and came out a man. I definitely came out different. Yeah. Yeah. Probably jacked. Best, no, much, much best shape you've ever been in. <laughs> I was the lightest I ever weighed at that Really? Point. Yeah. Because, I mean, they, you don't eat a whole lot. You don't eat a lot. You're exercising constantly. continuously, learning tactics and I'm assuming what the hell a gun is because there's probably plenty of people who never even shot a gun and how to hold the gun and Mm -hmm. what this gun is versus this gun how to stand in line getting your ass chewed probably for shit you didn't even do things like that right Mm -hmm. learning how to stand at attention sir yes sirs all that kind of stuff right I I get this just from watching movies but I'm assuming a lot of it's actually probably fairly accurate when you see Mm -hmm. the idea of boot camps and stuff yes if you had to do boot camp right now today would you do it Really? Yeah. It's yeah. a mind game. Okay. Now, the physical part is hard. Um, the fun part is you get to learn a whole lot of stuff you never knew. Absolutely. Um, and I love learning. Mm-hmm. I think we should always learn something new every day. Yeah. If you haven't, then that day... It's kind of a waste, right? Kind of a waste. Just you know, like that. Like even that. if it's something small, learn something new. Mm-hmm. Learn something different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I enjoyed that part of it. The physical part... I looked at it as, hey, I'm getting in the best shape of my life. Absolutely. Um, 
no, I'm not getting all jacked because I'm not able to eat the food I need to mm-hmm. grow. But that I'm going to be in sense. damn good shape. Yeah, you're going to be um, super strong, I'm sure. And I also looked at it in a competitive nature as well. You know, if we're running, I'm going to outrun everybody else. If we're doing push-ups, I'm going to out-push everybody else. Um, so yeah. I had that kind of mentality of too. Did you have that mentality leading up to it? Or is this something when you're there like, hey, I'm, this is the person I want to be right now? I've always been that way. Were you an athlete Just, in high school? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Um, two-a-days in high school were harder than boot camp. Physically. Really? Really? Yes. Not mentally for sure, but Not physically. Mentally, but physically. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Now the sleep deprivation of boot camp, the the mental aspect mm-hmm. is harder. But one thing my dad told me, you know, before I left, he said, "If you can keep your head and win mentally, mm-hmm. or beat them mentally, and stay strong in that aspect, it will be a breeze." That's phenomenal advice for a father to tell a son. Mm-hmm. Which he had been through all that, but Correct. that's I love that. Mm-hmm. I'm, that's something I could use for my kids for anything. Right. Beat them headstrong. Yes. It's don't let them inside your head because they're going to try. That's what they're, that's their that's job. Their goal is yeah. to break you down yeah. and, and build you back rebuild up. you in there with how they want you. Right. Um, with a different frame of thought, mm-hmm. you know, a different thought process, a different way of looking at things. Um, and so if you know that that's their goal, mm-hmm. then make them think that they've done it. Right. But all the while you're not cracking. That's a very, right? very and so just point. Open your mind, right. right? Have a very, very large perspective and, and just absorb it all. Mm-hmm. And you can see the ones that cracked were the ones that it got in their head. Yep. You know, they didn't break physically. Some of them were just as strong, as fast as everybody else. They exactly. broke mentally. So, like, I've watched this documentary years and years ago on trying to become a Navy SEAL and the stuff they have to do, which mm-hmm. is absolutely insane. Yes. Um, reason I bring that up is a lot of that, you know, they kick you the hell out of there. But when mm-hmm. you're in boot camp, you know, you've signed a contract, you're in the army now and there's no getting out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do for like, if you can't make it through this process, like you're making it through one way or the other. I mean, oh, they'll that, kick you out of the army. Yes. You're done. Yeah. After or middle of boot camp. Mm-hmm. See, I did not realize that was a thing. Yeah. Even though I you mean, signed you a contract are, and everything, can you get in any sort of trouble with that? Or they're like, hey, sorry, this isn't cut out for you. It depends on what you do. You know, um, let's say you get hurt and it's an injury that you can't recover a from. A legitimate injury, yeah. Right. Or this going to take an extensive amount of time mm-hmm. and army dollars to recover. Exactly. Yeah, there it is. They will They will release you. Okay. Uh, and um, I don't know. I've never been released under those right. terms to know. <laughs> right. You know, there's different types of discharges. Okay. You know, you serve honorably, you get an honorable discharge. Exactly. If you serve dishonorably, exactly. you get a dishonorable discharge. Yep. If you're somewhere in the middle, mm-hmm. there's discharge under other than honorable conditions. Okay. And then there's a general discharge. Okay. Um, where people would fall in those categories, I don't know. But yeah. like one, one day we were coming... We had just had breakfast, and so we had to run back to the barracks. This dude darts across the road, runs into the into the trees, and just he's just gone. He just left. And like Forrest Gump running. <laughs> I they, was running. They, they found him. The military police found him, and they Shit, they guy. shipped him home. So I don't know what his you know status of his discharge was. That almost seems like. That's almost like some legal shit too, in my opinion. Which hopefully, hopefully for him, he was young, he was dumb. Mm-hmm. They just you would hope that they're like, dude, this just clearly in for you. Don't ever try to come back. But I know you can get into some uh, severe trouble for well, that. He was uh, he was locked up. 
I'm sure. Yeah. In the military prison. Right. Um, they probably didn't treat him very nice. Uh, what <laughs> is the word I'm looking nice. for if you don't? Like if you get really like sent home and then you're supposed to come back and you don't. Oh, AWOL. AWOL. That's what mm-hmm. I'm thinking. That's almost like, which of that is some serious fucking crime. It is. A, yeah. AWOL is a crime. Um, now are you punished like a misdemeanor felony? No. Right. Um, right. But let's say you're dishonorably discharged. That's with you forever. You are branded. Mm-hmm. Um, you can try to hide it. You know, a, a background check at a job is not going to probably pull that up. Exactly. If it's a deep enough background check, right. it will. Right. It, like if you're wanting to leave that to go be a police officer Correct. or something. Yeah. It's probably going to pull up. That's interesting. Um, That's great. He just fucking took off one morning. Yeah, where y'all hilarious. like, where the hell did, where the hell did John go? Fuck. Did anybody up. know he's planning on doing this? No. Makes you wonder if he was planning on doing it. Finally, he's like, I just can't do this anymore. Yeah, I don't know if he broke eating breakfast. Or if he, <laughs> like, he didn't want those powdered eggs. He's like, these it. eggs suck today. I'm out of here. I don't know. But That's it was, crazy, man. It was hilarious. That's nuts. <laughs> so you leave 16 weeks after boot actually the first question I have about boot camp and I don't want to talk too much this isn't about boot camp anyways are you allowed to have contact with family when they allow you to yes you so you a phone call yeah mom and dad know where you were yes even before you left they knew you were going to Fort Knox Kentucky correct Kentucky right yeah okay and then you there are some a lot of times where you can have communication yeah so I mean you've got an address mm-hmm. you, they parents know the address where they okay. can send you letters which the drill sergeant's going to read it before you read it. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, so you can write home, you know, and back then it was just pay phones. Mm-hmm. So outside the barracks, you yeah. know, they would take us down to the pay phones. Everybody line up. You got a phone card. Yeah. You know, so you dial everybody up. Phone card. That is so funny. Um, to, in today's time, I don't know how they work it with cell phones. I don't know. I would if they hope. They still do the like, same thing. I would just hope. That for boot camp, because this is a time that, like, for me, because I want you to protect me, mm-hmm. and you're a jack wagon when you go in there. Mm-hmm. I need you for my safety and my freedom. I want you to be the best you can absolutely be. Right. Um, surely they don't allow cell phones at boot camp. I, I, I'm quite sure they don't. My taxpaying dollars say I hope that you don't. Right. But somebody's always going to find a Someone's way. Someone's going to find a way. There's, <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> no denying that. There's no cell phones allowed in prison either, but I'm sure there are. When you leave, yeah, 100%. Dude, when you leave boot camp 16 weeks later, did you feel like a better person? Yes. Like mentally, physically, yeah. everything about you, like, mm-hmm. holy shit, I'm here. Yeah, I had, had a total uh, new excitement about myself, if that's the right way to put it. No, that's amazing, yeah. I had a, yes, I was, I was ready. I was mm-hmm. ready to go conquer some shit. Okay, so you come... After your 16 weeks, do you get a, are you going home for a little while or are you going yeah. straight to... So when mine ended, I actually got to go home for Christmas. Oh, cool. That's perfect um, timing. And my birthday. That was cool. So had two weeks at home and then I had to report to my duty station. And how do you know where you're going? They tell you. At Before you leave boot camp that you know where you're supposed to be in the exact time you're supposed to be there. Okay. So you go with your boot camp. Are you... Now you said... I forgot what word you just used to where you have to report two weeks later to your station. Is that what you said? Right. Yeah, your duty station. Are you going to the duty station with people you just trained with or is it from nope. probably not a single one, right? Not a single one. Even the buddy I joined the army with, yeah, he was sent to Louisiana. I was sent to Colorado. And they do that on purpose. I don't know. I don't know if it's a draft. I don't know 
If it's random or they go by the last letter of your name, I don't. That's pretty, pretty, because you would think that, like, because I'm sure the camaraderie that you made with at least the majority of the people at boot camp mm-hmm. at the time, like, hey, this is a bond that can't be broken. Let's all go tackle this together. Right. I would imagine there's definitely some scientific algorithms there to where they want everybody feeling like that. And let's bring you with somebody you've never met with somebody else you've never met to see if that brotherhood can still continue. Sure. Because you all haven't been broken down together, but you all know what right. everybody went through. Sure. Interesting. So you said you went to Colorado? Yeah. Colorado right. Springs. Damn. You know, I always laughed whenever <laughs> uh, Lubbock had a Reese Air Force Base. Like, can you imagine, like, you're getting recruited, right? Mm-hmm. High school. You need to go see the world, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're like, what if you're from a place like Kentucky or Tennessee, some beautiful place, Colorado, <laughs> yeah. and they send you to Lubbock, Texas? Or Clovis. With the wind, or Clovis is even worse. Yeah, they're yeah. still an active duty or active base. <laughs> that is so funny, man. Like, but so you're Colorado Springs, loving life. Oh, I was happy. Yeah. Because what's cool about it is that was my dad's duty station. No way. Yeah. So, what are the odds of that? You may not know this, but do I you know how many know stations are in Lubbock, Texas? I mean, in the United States for the Army? A lot. Like hundreds, you think? Um, probably not hundreds. Um, you got the real big ones. You know, yeah. you got Fort Hood, you mm-hmm. got Fort Bliss. But it also depends on what your job is. Like what job you sign up is that's gonna okay. that's gonna limit you to just a few options. Where you're at. Um, okay. You know, if you join the infantry, you're going to somewhere that has an infantry division. Uh, I joined okay. as a, a, a scout reconnaissance cab scout. Um, so I had to go somewhere that had, had training those types of, of units. Okay. Um, That's cool though. So you're in Colorado Springs, the same place your dad was in. Yes. How neat is that, man? What are the odds of that? You said your job was a scout. Mm-hmm. What is that? So Cav Scout, um, there's either, you've got armored Cav Scouts. So in the, not the big tanks, mm-hmm. like the M1 Abrams, mm-hmm. but in the, in the Bradley fighting vehicles. Um, or you can be Humvee mounted or ground. Okay. You're on the, you're on your feet. Okay. Um, I went to an armored cavalry regiment, the third armored cavalry regiment in Colorado Springs. Okay. Um, so we were on Bradley's. We also had Humvees. But what the, are the odds of that? You're, I just think that's funny. Yeah, you're yeah, on a Bradley. Bradley yeah. on a Bradley. Anyways. Um, but we also did a lot of on the ground. Okay. So the Bradley would take you to somewhere and then you get out. And it's reconnaissance is what it is. You're just trying to go and see what information you can gather? Correct. As far out as you can. Mm. As close to where... <laughs> as close to the enemy line as you can get to gather information. Um, find and establish routes for other units to come in. Oh, okay. You, um, see what routes the enemy's taking. Map those out. Now, you didn't back. do all of this type learning in boot camp, right? So, the first part of boot camp was... The first eight weeks is just straight boot camp. Right. Straight. What you uh, imagine boot camp skills. would be. Yeah. Right. The last eight weeks was job specific. Everybody goes into their own thing. And so Correct. you've already had eight weeks of training on what's expected of you for your specific. Yes. Um, duty or job, I right. guess. And it's a very, it's very general. Um, you know, you get to your unit and then it becomes a lot more Whenever specific. you went over to Colorado Springs, yes. you're there with people who are doing scouts. Yes. Okay. So Correct. now it's in-depth learning and training five days a week, seven days a week type stuff yes. all day long. Mm-hmm. As far as I would assume some sitting in the classroom, you have an instructor teaching you what you do mm-hmm. and then you do some infield stuff on the, on right. the base on how to march. Or how to walk, I guess. I know you. I don't mean marching. Y'all learned a lot of that stuff. But essentially, there's ten of you going out, and like you're going to mm-hmm. be this far space behind, and right. this how to patrol. Yeah. Yes. And they, I'm assuming they have like kind of set up, um, 
almost like a, like I think of it like a sim lab for nursing stuff, you know, but yes. like a simulation training and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, okay. there was some then. Um, they've got much better stuff now. Well, sure, yeah. But yes, and this is okay. So how long? Were you in Colorado Springs doing the training side and learning side and all of that stuff for, for scouting? I uh, left Colorado Springs. What year was it? I just think back. 2001. So, so you to, and then for years. Yes. Strictly on the base. You never left to go get sent to. No, we went to Bosnia during that. During time. that time. Yes. So you're there X amount of time. Mm-hmm. You're unit maybe I don't uh, mm-hmm. they say hey this group of guys they're ready let's go yes how much time do you have you get that phone call or sergeant comes into the room and says hey guys we're going to Bosnia so Come when on. I reported to the duty station and I got assigned to my individual unit mm-hmm. they had already been tasked to go to Bosnia the next year so you you, you knew within a year you're going to be there yes and this is the whole year is you training to get there yes so you already had a mission yes that's actually, and I don't know, maybe it's like that all the time. I don't know. Not all the time, no. I think it's actually, to me, it seems like to your advantage is better because you're not just sitting around with a group of guys just training for something. You're, you know, in general, right? y'all are training. So y'all knew the lay of the land in Bosnia, where mm-hmm. we're going, when we're going, why we're going, who right. we're looking for, what we're going to do. Yes, we had very... Y'all had an advantage. Mission-specific training. Mission-specific yes. training. I like that term a lot better. So you go to Bosnia. Are you scared yet? No, I was excited. Even on the plane, and I don't know. I, I, mean, I imagine the big movie plane where, like, you know, like there's a big ass fucking tunnel, and you're like strapped in, and yeah. there's no chairs there. Is it like that? No, I mean you take a commercial flight over. Shut the fuck up. I mean, do they, you know, they you're con- flying southwest. They, they contract with uh, right. commercial carriers because more people fit on a, a 747 than they do a, one of those other a, types. A C-130, yeah. yeah. And I would imagine it's more fuel efficient. You're right. Get there quicker. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. You know, and it's a long flight. It's a long flight. I can imagine. Not um, even like you hit the grounds of Bosnia. I was nervous, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that I was scared. This is what you wanted, though. Like yes, you were mentally for. prepared mm-hmm. for this. Right. Interesting. And you're in Bosnia for seven months. Mm-hmm. Went for six. Had to stay an extra month. Right. Firefight there. I know you said you had to keep the peace, no, but it, not like legitimate firefight. Like you had to do some stuff. Yeah, there was no fire. There were no firefights broke out, okay. but there was riot control. Okay, okay. I, I don't know much about Bosnia now. I do remember. So you said this was in 2000, 2000, 2001? Yeah, in two thousand. Because I do remember like my parents talking about Bosnia and stuff mm-hmm. that was going on. I would have been two thousand, two thousand one, between eighth and ninth grade. So. Okay. Still young enough not to understand, but also old right. enough to kind of understand. To remember, yeah. Yeah, so remember I just remember Bosnia. Now, how else would I even know mm-hmm. that name? So it had to been them talking about that. Um, but nothing crazy, crazy type firefight. No. Did you, and I apologize if I'm crossing over the lines, but did you lose any buddies there in no. Bosnia? No. You all went together and mm-hmm. came back together? Yes. Do you go down there with your the team you've been training with? Yes. Bunch of other people too are arriving at the same time, or is it just the twenty of y'all? Having, I don't know where I'm coming. You know, oh, there was hundreds of us, but yeah. I mean, there's other all units. coming out of four, whatever you said, mm-hmm. hundreds. Yeah, that's how big this place is. Yeah, so every okay. platoon, you know, let's let's just use round numbers: 30, 30 guys in a platoon. Yeah, uh, four platoons. Okay, five platoons to a unit. Okay, that's hundred fifty people. Or a troop. Too. Okay, and then you've got multiple troops within a squadron. Platoon, so, troop, squadron. Right. So you, we had one whole squadron. Right. 
Okay. And y'all were all based out of the same area. So we were split up between different sites, mm. but in the same generalized That's location in Bosnia. Different, different little fobs, which mm-hmm. is a forward operating base. Okay. Um, can only hold so many, and then they've got, you know, different troops are sent over to a different fob. Um, but you're patrolling in that generalized region. And the people that you're, so you're out tonight or in tomorrow morning whenever it is you're doing a lot of your recon I in my mind says a lot of that shit's done in the middle of the night but maybe not oh but what we did is we did 24 hour patrols okay. so we would go out in the morning mm-hmm. we wouldn't come back till the, next, till the morning. next morning and then we had a day down you know <laughs> the, clean up sleep, all your gear yeah. make sure that you know the, the vehicles are up to standards the weapons are good and then you may get a specific mission the next time. Mm-hmm. We need you to go scout out and recon this area, mm-hmm. spend the night there, make sure there's no shenanigans going on. Because right. really that's what it was, was to keep the Serbians from coming back across okay. and causing a ruckus. They already been kind of run out and it's correct. like we're making sure you stay on your side. Right. We were on the Serbian border. Um, we now have American troops over here. Correct. Y'all know where we stand. Mm-hmm. We're allegedly at least one of the top if not the top militaries in the world right now right and we were um, we were a part of a broader NATO mission in okay. that area okay. so we were assigned to NATO mm-hmm. during that time okay that's interesting too and I feel like a lot of that too is the fear of American army soldiers right over here should be enough to keep people back and I'm assuming that's the idea right it's the idea yeah. I mean, I understand there's a lot more logistics to them, but mm-hmm. that's the idea behind it is, hey, they're over there. Are we, sh- are we sure we really want to go over there and fuck with Bosnia right, right. now? Interesting. Um, oh, so whenever you're out on these reconnaissance missions, are you still going out with the guys you trained with back at home in the States? Yes. So, so you're I'm, not with some of these other guys. No. Y'all are all there together, but you're with these group of 30 mm-hmm. or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, we stayed together as a platoon. Our platoon had a specific area and we stayed together. I think that's the way it should be too because y'all have, y'all now know each other like the backs of your hands. Right. Like you know exactly what Jimmy's going to do and what Tommy's mm-hmm. going to do and they know what Bradley's going to do. Right. You don't need to mix that up and muddy up the waters. No, in fact, it's detrimental at times when you do because, mm-hmm. you know, you don't know You've learned someone's other. character, their personality, yep. what their, what sets them off, mm-hmm. you know, those types of things. Um, you've got to get to know people. You've got to be close did you ever get any fights with any of your buddies in there? Yeah. Like legitimate? Yeah. Broke one dude's nose and broke his arm. That's hilarious. You know, before we even hit record, we were talking about another story <laughs> that I don't need to repeat on here. But we were just talking about boys being boys. You yeah. know, it's like my son got into it with a kid one time. And, and it's just funny because I said, guys can, I mean, you broke your buddy's nose. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming you were still buddies afterwards. Yeah. At least somewhat, yeah. you know, like. There's no, you don't have to fight tomorrow too. Like right, what, no. you've already said what you needed to say. The That's just a dude thing in general. But I would imagine behind the closed doors in the military, there's a, quite a bit of that going on. There you is. Lock up, I say lock up. You're not in prison, but you're locking up a bunch of fucking young adolescent men in a room. Yeah. No women around, no parents around. What do you think's going to happen? Exactly. A shit ton of testosterone. Or we're yep. going after each other. Gonna be some trouble. Sergeants yeah. kind of turn their heads when that happened for a second. Mm-hmm. Let you. And I'm sure they're breaking up if you have to, but they understand what's going on. They'll let it go for a little bit. No, you know, you don't, sure you don't want anybody to be injured. Exactly. You know, and taken out of the mission. But that shit builds character, anyways. It does. That's you interesting. Know, but That's funny. A broken leg or something like that. Yeah. That, that knocks. You know. Yeah. 
Well, Black Eye isn't going to stop a mission. No, it's not. Okay, interesting. Um, eight months, excuse me, seven months later, you're now back stateside. Right. That's the term, right? Yes. Proud of that term, right? Yeah, stateside. That's right. You're now stateside. Do you go back to Colorado Springs, or are you allowed to go home now? I know you're not done. No, I went back to Colorado Springs, and then we got two weeks of leave. How long, if you remember, it's not important if you don't, but... You've been gone for a long time, and I'm sure your parents, but especially your mother, is terrified every single day right. for seven months. Yeah. Real quick, just yes or no, was there communication between you and yes. your parents in Bosnia? Yeah. Okay. So they kind of knew how you how you that you were alive and you were right. okay. Yeah. Email and phone cards. Okay. You still <laughs> had those. Okay. Had the phone cards. Yeah. You come back home. How long are you in Colorado Springs before those two weeks of leave, roughly? Oh, that's our. No, like months was, and months on end, or is no? It, it was pretty quick. Which was, I think that you've got to get home. You've got to um, reestablish yourself back in Colorado Springs. You know, get moved back into the barracks. Mm. Um, get all your gear turned in, weapons turned in. Gotcha. All that type of stuff. Um, but it was it wasn't more than a couple weeks. Okay. Which I mean, and I honestly time. don't think it would be super safe. To send somebody straight from Bosnia back to Lamisa or Lockney, Texas. No, you need that. you need to go. <laughs> you've been up here. Go wind down with the buddies you just went. Yes, but there's probably and I'm sure there's some algorithms there too. I'm like, hey, we need we can only keep them there this long. If we keep them keep them till week three, we're gonna have some fucking problems. Sure. Um, you get your two weeks leave. Mm-hmm. Are you still stationed in Colorado? Yes. So that's your place right now. Yeah. Okay. How long were you there before you now have your mission in Operation Iraqi Freedom? Okay, so left Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. I got off, off active duty. Which means you've served your three... Your right. four, was it, you said you signed a three-year contract. Yeah, so I served my three years. Okay. And in my eyes, it was time to come home. You can be done right now, though, right? Like, you can completely done. You've now... You're done. Like, your contract is done for. My thought... That was my thoughts, yes. Like, you get a handshake. Right. However, the logistics work, but mm-hmm. you're officially done. I was you're considered honorably discharged. Army vet. You've been honorably discharged. Yes. Thank you for that. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you thank oh, you. Oh, thank you. So now you're... Officially, you, you... Essentially, you can just move on with your life. Yes. Have that on your resume. I'm sure there's some, like, retirement money. I don't know how mm-hmm. it works, but you can just move on. So you go yes. home. You've yes. been honorably discharged at this point. Mm-hmm. What's the next step? So I moved back to Lubbock. Okay. And I started going to school. I started out at South Plains. Does the Army help? Like, how? what is 100% of this? No, they don't pay 100%, but, you know, I'm using the GI Bill is mm-hmm. what it is. And so they give you a monthly stipend um, while you're in college. Okay, so um, you can use that for tuition, housing, right. whatever. I mean, it's whatever you need it for. Um, it's not enough to live off of mm-hmm. lavishly. You know, you, you're living very meagerly, actually, and like still, working, yeah. still working, still yeah. working, you know, and going to school. Okay. And just, that was my mission, go to school. And at that time, I had no idea. Well, still, that was going to be my next I question. I was curious if there was something crazy that happened to you. At least, maybe there is, and you can tell me that, but at least as of right now, in these last three years, nothing struck your mind that, oh, shit, I need to go and help rehab people. No. Okay. Still was clueless at so that So you're point. South Plains fucking around. Yeah. When were you in South Plains? What year is that? Not very long. I mean, yeah, well, <laughs> multiple t- multiple times. I went back to South Plains at least seven times. So, 2011 or 2001, mm. I'm starting school. Mm. 9 11 happens. Okay. 
a week later, I get a call. They re-recruited you. Yeah, so when you sign up, it's eight years. You owe them eight years. Oh, okay. Okay, I did not know this. So you do your active duty time. Active duty. But you you owe them inactive. five more years. Inactive status, you owe them eight years. Eight years total, including from boot camp on. Correct. So if you did a four-year, now you owe them four more. Correct. Did not know that. So 9-11 happens. I get called back in. Okay, let me ask real quick. First of all, just be curious. Where were you when you found out about Twin Tower? Twin Towers. Oh shit! I, I remember waking up that morning, um, turning on this little nineteen-inch black box, box TV, TV that was sitting on some cinder blocks, yep. um, and just had the the TV going while I was making breakfast, getting ready to go to class. Yep. And I just glance over and I see mm. all this smoke, and I'm like, "What the fuck Something's is going, going on? on?" And so I just sit down and I start watching. Okay. I, and I'm, I'm looking at the time, like, you know, I got to get to class, but not so, no, I went, mm. um, but I kept it on the radio the whole way, just wow. listening to the radio. Um, and then I get to class and oh, we're in there about five minutes and the teacher canceled it. You know, yeah. Everybody go home. Yep. You know, this is, we don't know what's happening. Much bigger deal than, yeah, what, was, uh, than just a, I was a in Coach Schmicker's health class. I was a freshman in high school at Friendship. I remember that for sure. Coach Deer walked in and told Coach Schmicker, hey, turn the TV on. Something's going on. Now, I looked at, I was 14, I guess that's how old you are in freshman, maybe 15, but around yeah. that age, right? Mm-hmm. I don't understand any of this. I know that there's like planes crashing, but I don't understand the governmental side of that, nor right. should I at that age. Yeah. I sure as hell don't understand the military side of it. So you see that on your TV. I'm sure that's like, you're taken back, like what the fuck's going on? You mm-hmm. listen on your radio, but now when your school gets canceled, surely you know something's going on. My yeah. question to you that I'm leading up to is, did you know at that moment your phone's calling like I'm ready to go? Or did you realize at the time, you still, you still didn't know enough? I figured I would get a phone call. Okay. Like yeah. you, you knew it, like you told yourself like, hey, mm-hmm. it's... I'm about to go do something. I've still got, was it five more years? Right. I'm about to have to go. Correct. Yeah. At this point, were you scared? A little bit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, so I much, knew something was going to, something was going to get A much larger scale. I think, mm-hmm. and what the fear was, was the the unknown. Right. I don't know what's going to happen. Right. I don't know what I'm going to be asked to go do. Absolutely. Um, no one. Right. Like, this is unheard of, uncharted territory right now. Right. People coming over here. Right. Interesting. And That's so, interesting. So when they called me back, they assigned me to... Lubbock actually has a National Guard unit that mm-hmm. has, it's a part of an infra, infantry division. Okay. And they have a scout platoon. Okay. So, very conveniently, I'm assigned to that scout platoon. Yeah, I drive across the town. Right. <laughs> and so, that unit got assigned uh, Operation Enduring Freedom, which was stateside, starting okay. to lock down things, guard things. Guard. Okay, so we're, we're now on fucking high alert in the United States Correct. as we know these specific places. And right. I bet you civili- civilians like me probably don't even know half these places are around for a reason, but right. military insight, y'all know where these places are. Mm-hmm. You're just protecting. Right. When, and if you don't remember the date, it's okay. I'm just curious. So 9-11 happens. When, when, when are we now training? Like within days? Within weeks. Fuck yeah, America. Yeah. Okay, it so was you, quick. Okay. I mean, it was quick. I had to, <laughs> as soon as I got the call, I had to go to the registrar's office and say, hey, this is what happened. And luckily, uh, credit to South Plains, they did the right thing. So I was only a couple months in, or mm. I don't even know if it was that much. Yeah. Wasn't halfway through the semester sure, yet. Sure, sure. They said, keep the grade you have, 
or drop it yeah. and get a refund. Oh. And I said, fuck it. I got an A. If I've got A's, I'm keen. But if you were struggling, they'd say, hey, we're giving you sure. a so I, I kept my grades. Good for South Plains. Good on them. Because I didn't want to redo the classes. Oh, no. You got straight A's. They were basic. You know, <laughs> basic matter, yeah. core classes. Like honest government God, history and stuff like that. The way so. it should be handled. And right. You would think that that's the way every college in the United mm-hmm. States handled it for soldiers like you. I'm sure they didn't. But that's honest to God. That speaks to West Texas, too, though. It does. That's and, pretty you know, cool. Like hey, respect please. that they have, yeah. That's sure. cool, man. So now, a couple of weeks later, you're you're now reported. We're now. Are you now considered active duty again? Yes. Okay, Back so you're active duty. Yep. here now. Stomach start turn a little bit. I don't know mm-hmm. what's going on. No one knew at this point. Right. Where did you go from Lubbock? We went to San Antonio. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Fort Sam, which I mean, Fort Sam, Houston. Um, it's a very large medical compound there. Okay. So you got two major medical bases i'm not sure the name of the one on the east coast but walter reed is that in san diego no on there's the something coast. big in san diego oh east coast yeah and then fort sam houston is mm-hmm. bamsey brooks army medical center okay it's a very large medical complex cool um guys that lose limbs get burned they get over they, here they surgeries and stuff right okay. and so they wanted to but also there's a lot of special forces training medical special forces training that happens there which really, it wasn't all that great of a mission, and there was no. nothing lavish or, San Antonio. you know, I'm a badass for Garden San Antonio. No, but we were there for a year. Oh, shit. Um, and that's what it was. We were protecting the base. So, I'm assuming, I, I, whatever, but pretty much every military base, at least the big ones now, has twice as many people you know whatever you still have people training but now you've got people like you that are like hey we're here to protect this place they've got we don't know more, what's about to happen they've gotten more lax than it was back then but mm-hmm. back then it was i mean shit you're you're uh you're searching every vehicle every person one way in one way out exactly you have to have clearance mm-hmm. to get in mirrors under the vehicle i mean yeah 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 that's yeah. interesting so were you part of that like that's kind of was part of your job too yes okay yeah. Yeah, I wasn't doing the, the fun recon stuff. No. It was just guarding the base. Guarding the base. Mm-hmm. You're there yeah. for 12 months. Mm-hmm. What do we do after that? Come back home. Okay. Go back to school. Okay. Mission. Now your mission is... Did you know you were going to be there for 12 months in San Antonio? Yeah. Okay. I mean, we had a rough idea that it was going to be a year-long mission. Okay. Which turned into 18 months. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> so you've come back home. You're chilling. You're back right. in school. You're now a straight-A student at South Plains College. Yeah. <laughs> you got your right. 4.0. Yeah. How long now? Are, I mean, has it been years now? Because you're now, if I'm not mistaken, we're looking at three, four, four and a half to five years into your eight-year Correct. service now. Right. Right? Yeah. Ish. Ish, yeah. It's got to be somewhat close. So I sign back up. At South Plains. Know, at South Plains. Yeah. Get halfway through another semester. Okay. Phone rings again. Iraq. You answer the phone and I say, hey, what are, what is your classification at this time? I was a sergeant. Sergeant Veal. Yeah. This is... We need you to report Whoever to so-and-so. You've got till tomorrow. I mean, how's three that? Three days. You've got three days. That's pretty generalized, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. To be in whatever. Yep. You're going to Iraq. Is that what he says over the phone? No, it's just report. You know, okay. you, you've been ordered to report to this duty station. Yeah. Do they at least pay to get you down there if you're flying? I don't know. Where you, where did you have to report to? Right back in Lubbock. Oh, okay. Back to that scout platoon. Fuck yeah, man. <laughs> like, yeah, well, so, I'm already halfway right. here. <laughs> I'm already there. So, no, I, I report back to that scout platoon. And mm-hmm. then immediately, well, not immediately, within a week, 
we were in Fort Hood training to go to Iraq. So when did you find out that this mission is going to Iraq? When you reported to my book? I knew immediately. You just knew? I just knew. When did it? it was 2003. Okay. Um, George Bush is in office at the time. Right. Okay. You're watching... Um, well, no, it was 2004, sorry. So Iraq had already... They'd already invaded Iraq. Um, man, let me rethink the timeline here. Hmm. I'm old. <laughs> I was going to say shit. that. Um, anyway, we spent half of 2004 mm-hmm. training. To go to Iraq. Yes. Okay. So we spent six months training up at Fort Hood. Okay. Um, preparing for Iraq. Um, a lot of close quarter combat training. Oh, really? All so you're learning more hand to hand combat. More ha- more kicking indoors. Still, lots of. Uh, are you still considered at this time a scout? Like you're. Yes. That is that is still your job in the army. Yes. And you're yes. with guys who have had that same training for right. however many years that you've had. Correct. Some new, some older, but right. Same idea, right? Yes. Same idea. Okay. Um, so you get to know those guys. Um, six months train up, and then January 2005, we were over there. Now I would just go to assume, because you've been, like, everybody knows that that's, your, that's like fucking combat combat. This isn't yes. Bosnia where we're keeping right. the peace. We're there to try to create right. peace that hasn't existed in no telling how long. Correct. You know you're going in there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And pardon me for being blunt, but you also, I'm assuming, knowing that there's a, a chance that you may not be coming back. Correct. How does that weigh on your... I'm heading out. Well, you're probably in early 20s by this point now, right? Yeah, Roughly. 25. So you're mm-hmm. mid-20s now. Yeah. Hell of a lot different person than you were going sure. to boot camp at 18 years old. Correct. But you had to have known that there's a chance I'm not coming back. Yeah, that crosses your mind. I mean, you, I'm sure. sure you can't focus on that, but the you reason I'm asking can. is going to lead into... Sure. Something else here in a little while, but okay. the mentality that you're having right now of knowing I may get killed during this, mm-hmm. that's got to be back here on the back of your mind and weighing on you. That's happening in time. You know, there. I guess you yeah. try to block it out. You try your best, but when you're you lay down at night, see, that's what I was trying to off, say. You is, know, there's a lot of thinking about that. Yeah. You know? During the day, you can shut it off because you're training. You're busy. You're mission, with your buds. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, when you lay down at night, those thoughts creep in your head mm-hmm. for sure. Probably a lot of sleepless nights. A lot. Now, let me ask you this. I had this conversation with Cassandra earlier, which may have just been a sign that I'm going to talk about it now. I don't know. <laughs> what were we talking about? I can't remember the conversation her and I had. Um, it's irrelevant, but I said the reason that men don't show that is because men are kind of like even if it's not taught to you it's just a kind of a known thing i think it may be getting better as the years go on maybe not but you don't talk about that shit and what i thought feelings i guess mm-hmm. i didn't say right. talk about your feelings talking about your emotions now you're over there with a bunch of men and women but um, you sure. know for the sake of this i'm gonna say men um can you open up to any of your buddies or any of your buddies open up to you about, dude, I'm fucking like, I'm not going to lie. Like we're doing what we came here for, but I'm scared right now. Does that ever happen? That conversation? I never had that conversation with anybody. But you know that the dude sleeping next to you is fucking terrified and he's got to know that you're terrified, but that conversation never happens. No. But sure. It's just every, a, we're all human beings. Right. It's just assumed that <laughs> you, and know, you don't talk about it. Right. 
Because why would you? Because you're an emotionless man because you have to because you're a man and you're in the military. How dare you have feelings? Get your guys out there and do it. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. but if you're if you're given a mission, your, your job is to complete that mission. Absolutely. And so Absolutely. you have to set yourself into the frame of mind of completing that mission. And getting home. And bingo. And making sure my buddy comes home with me. Hmm. And that, so that's that's, that's interesting. a big part of it is you want to protect the people that yep. are with you. That brotherhood and, and that camaraderie is a real thing. Yeah. Oh, God. Yes. Interesting. Absolutely. Um, the fear is there, but you also have their back. They have your back. Mm. Um, get the mission done, but get back. Yep. Get everybody 30 home. of you go. 30 of us are coming home. Yes. One way or the other. Right. And we're all going to make sure mm-hmm. 30 comes home. That's right. No matter what we have to do. Wow. See, okay, and that actually, I, I like that you said it like that because I'm sitting here imagining a young Brad at 25 laying in, I say bed, it's probably not much of a bed, but <laughs> laying down nonetheless at yeah. night and <laughs> in Iraq with no telling what you saw today or no telling what you know you're going to see tomorrow. That I guess that's a good way to get over, I don't want to say get over that fear, I don't think that's the right term because you don't get over that fear, but to understand what you're doing mm-hmm. is I came here for a reason, right. this is my job, I don't only have these 30 people relying on me, I've got fucking 5 million, how many people, you know, 20 million Americans right. relying on me, mm-hmm. that, I mean, I guess that can be enough to say, hey, let's, I got this thought in my head, bam, let's wake up and get this done. Right. Okay. Well, I like that you said that. that. That's kind of a good way to put that, I guess. You know, when you're there, you you believe that your mission is a just mission. Mm. Um, we've been sent here for a reason. Yep. But the main focus is keeping you and your buddies together. Yep. Safe. Yep. So that they go back home to their families. And all the, the soldiers that report to me, mm. they're underneath me, that I'm mm. in charge of. They're going home to their family. Exactly. That's the mission ah. that most guys focus on. Not the actual mission, but this is the greater good mission. This is the bigger mission is to go home. Yes. I'm not saying that they don't go. No, of course. And you're taking the mission. Yeah. We go, we complete the mission that we're tasked to complete. Exactly. But in the back of our minds is always my men mm. over them. Yep. For one sure. way or the other. Correct. Um, oh, I just had a good question, but it'll come to me. In a so and if your question is, do the political side of things weigh on your mind while you're there? That's what exactly, because no. you just said something that made me wonder. No. Okay. Never did on my mind. And I cannot fathom that like uh, veterans from Vietnam, mm-hmm. that they ever gave a shit about what the political atmosphere was and like fucking when they were in the jungle thinking, trying yeah. to survive. Yeah. Trying to survive and trying to make sure their buddies survive. It is. It is. It does boil down to that simplicity. You're okay. with your your comrades. Well, your your the other guys. You, you worded just that want perfectly. To get back alive. Because what you said was that made me think of that. And I don't, that's exactly what I wanted to know. Because yeah. you said you want to believe that it's a just mission. Sure. Um, but it doesn't matter at that time. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, matter if you're right, if you're left, if you're here, mm-hmm. if you're there, if you support the reason we're even here or not. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. The fact is, is I signed up for this at 18 years old. Correct. I signed a contract to protect my country, and this is exactly what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. The reason doesn't fucking matter. You'd bring Vietnam up. I think that's a great um, 
analogy, I guess, to use is because those were like some of the most hated people, hated bets and still are, which is so weird. But mm-hmm. you could have easily, if you had been born in that time and you signed up, your ass would have been in Vietnam too. Correct. Getting spit off when you come because we shouldn't mm-hmm. have been there in the first place, which right. is what people say. I don't have an opinion towards that either way, but that's why they were the most hated. That is how they were treated. Right. And, you know, if you, if you go just mm. maybe two decades, 20 mm-hmm. years prior to that, you got the Korean War. Yep. They were not treated that way. Right. It all had to do with the political environment. That's exactly right. Um, but those guys were no different with a mindset no. than you were no. in Iraq Correct. with their buddies. We came here mm-hmm. to do what whoever makes the decisions. I mean, even come commander in chief on down right. to do this and we're going to do it to the best of our ability and we're all coming back. Right. They probably had no idea they were going to get treated the way they were. That's neither no. here nor there, but that's, that's, that's essentially what I wanted to know is who gives a shit where it doesn't matter what's going on if we think we should be here or not you know if I support Bush and his decision to bring us here or if I don't support Bush and bring his decision here we're here we're gonna do this correct interesting interesting no I'm not even gonna go there it doesn't matter I'm not gonna go there so you're there for how long 12 months 12 months 12 months legitimate uh I don't know the word. Was firefight maybe the right word? Mm-hmm. Multiple? Yes. Anything stick out in your mind? Um, I had a guy, and the reason I asked this, so I used to work with this just fucking phenomenal dude. He reminds me so much of you with his demeanor, and he is such a proud Army vet. And he served three tours down there, I think. Wow. Multiple because he wanted to go back, and after he, I guess, was honorably discharged he did two uh contract he okay. loved being there and loved the fact that he got to come home and say you know what i'm so fucking proud of what i did and mm-hmm. i text him a lot on like vets veterans day and stuff it's just just a cool dude neither here nor there i was hanging out with him and one of his buddies um who lives in lubbock i don't know if they served together but they both served mm-hmm. over there um they got to drinking a lot started talking about some stuff that i just let them talk i know nothing about any of this i'm a fucking like i would have I have nothing to do with any of this. One of them was talking about the craziest firefight he had ever been in. And it lasted, I think he said 48 hours, which I don't know the it's difference. And my eyes got big. And he said, do that. He said, sometimes like, I don't know what the average is, you know, but he said, you're looking at like maybe sometimes like a 20, 30 minute, maybe a couple hours, sometimes 48 hours. And he was telling me stuff that like, I still remember what he was saying. It was, he was in such detail that I honest to God could close my eyes and feel like I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't telling it for fun, though. he was hurting very bad when he was talking to Steven about the craziest firefight he had ever been in. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was hurting, which is another reason we're going to lead into this. But anyways, the, re- the reason I bring that up and you don't have to talk about it, but there are, there certain ones that really st- can still stick out on your mind. Sure. There's events that there's some events. This is what's crazy too, is there's some events that you remember vividly mm-hmm. and then there's some then when you talk to other people that were there with you, you're like, oh shit, I forgot about that. Exactly. You blocked it out. Yep. However, your mind because was like, the brain, eh, the no. brain is a powerful thing. That's right. Why it blocks and so, out. But cool. then once you're reminded of it, like, oh shit, you know, you start to think, okay, oh shit. Yeah. Okay. I do remember that. But having a conversation with somebody random, if you even would, yeah. you know, it's, you've got a bits and pieces. It's, it's and, lost. It's, yeah. it's back exactly. there somewhere stored away. Exactly. Um, 
let me just ask this. You talk about you've had to be in some of those situations. Are you talking like four or five or like double digits just in some firefights and stuff? I mean, so some of the firefights are longer like that, but mm-hmm. sometimes it's just, it's quick. Yeah. Bam, bam, bam. 30 seconds. Let's move on. Maybe a minute. Mm. Or if you're moving, mm-hmm. you, you're in a quick exchange and you yeah. keep moving. Yeah. Because um, that's not your mission at the time. Your mission is over there. You got to take care of what is at hand to get to where we were going in the first right. place. Yeah. Hmm. We'll get over the speed bump to keep going. Right. That's interesting. Or just leave it behind you. You know, not even mess with it. Like, that's just some... Pick my words here. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. <laughs> that's a person that's just trying to either one, draw your attention over there. Ah, so you'll come over there and sniff yeah. the cheese in the rat yep. trap. Yep. Um... Or it's just pot shots. Yeah. Just to annoy you. Just some fucker being right. a douche. Yes. And so, do you want to go sniff the cheese? Mm-hmm. And, okay. you know, run over an IED, something yep. like that? No. So, you just keep moving Just on. ignore it and you go. You call it in. Yeah. Let a QRF of a local fob or something like that go They'll handle, come handle that while situation. You're, while you're continuing on to your mission. That's so interesting, man. That is so crazy. There's mm-hmm. like, there's so much science behind what you're doing that people like me don't understand. But Yeah, there's a lot of communication that goes yeah. on. I mean, you've got air air support that you're communicating with. Um, you've got satellite mm-hmm. GPS that you're tracking other units where they're at. Mm-hmm. They can see where you're at. That way you know where friendlies are. So you're not accidentally getting into ah, a firefight with friendlies because it yeah. happens yeah, I mean sure it, it does, does happen it and sure especially does. at night yeah. which is when a lot of our missions took place got night. you um, because during the day imagine Dallas mm-hmm. okay you're patrolling Dallas right well when you're in Baghdad right that, that's what you're doing so you oh, have shit. to okay. you conduct a lot of missions at night to mm-hmm. avoid that civilian traffic oh Damn. Okay. See, now you're speaking. Because life is carried on. About it. Yeah, they're still life living day to day life there. Right. There's still the petrol station that's got a line of cars. They're just mm-hmm. trying to get some petrol yeah. so they can get to where they want to go. There's still kids going to school. Wow. There's still markets. There's still politics. There's wow. still all of that business is still going on, mm-hmm. and you're trying to navigate through all that. That's what made it such a difficult environment and mm-hmm. difficult terrain. Is during the day when you've got a mission. The bad guy can hide. Absolutely. In that, I mean, there it's were... It's a sleeper. That's where they no, are. No, there were times where they were in, they were dressed as women. They had the full black, mm-hmm. you know... The uh, sheiks or whatever. Right. And they've got an AK-47 underneath it with them. That's you know? insane. Um, they would... They would take the mentally ill or mentally challenged children or women mm. or men mm. and strap bombs to them. Tell them, go into that market. Yeah. And then they don't they're detonating them with a little key fob like you start your truck with. These people had no idea. Right. So that's why we tried to conduct a lot of missions at night. That makes perfect sense. How, type of environment. How are you and your your troops received from civilians that were over there? I'm not talking about the enemy at hand. I'm just talking about your everyday kids, women running around, things like that. Were y'all well received over there? Yes. You may probably like to I've seen movies and stuff and I've heard some stories like where kids like come up like you may have connected with a certain kid or mm-hmm. two did you have any of those type stories yeah there were groups of kids That's that cool. were in specific areas that yeah. we patrolled that yeah. you know they were frequent there yeah and they want to come hang out and kind of see what you're oh, doing yeah. and, and you kind of gotta yeah, go away yeah, you know yeah um, here's some candy or whatever you know or you do uh, we would do some um, hmm. uh, 
blanking on the word, but outreach essentially. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we would go help the medics set up uh, a vaccine site, right? For not COVID vaccine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, this is way pre bullshit. <laughs> or yeah. just a, a triage area. Mm-hmm. Like we'd go to a local school. Set up a triage area. Oh wow! Kind of just check them you know, out, like we would work with other school. nations, yeah. like work with the Italians, and 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 have the medics there, and the the moms would bring the kids that might be sick, just oh. a little cold, or it might wow. be something worse. And yeah. the medics and the doctors would would take a look at them. So there was a lot of outreach there too that promoted that goodwill. So they received us in that that aspect. That's too. pretty cool uh, too. So it's like, hey guys, so just like, talking about this is bringing back a lot of here, memories yeah. that I forgot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you provide security for the for the medics and for the doctors a lot of times they're civilian doctors uh, that come out um, sure. to make sure that because that's a that's a soft spot mm-hmm. you know if you want to go into that's another conversation on the gun control sure. um, yeah they enemy wants to find a soft target mm. and that is the ultimate soft target women and children absolutely at a medical location absolutely um, schools are soft targets mm-hmm. and they would they would attack schools there too um and so th- there was that outreach, uh, or we would help uh, a village establish water, mm-hmm. running water, you know, uh, fil- filtered water, mm-hmm. stuff like that. That's got to be why you're down there. You may have just had some crazy mission and had to fire your guns, things like that. And then, right. you know, maybe tomorrow or the next day, whatever it is, now your new mission mm-hmm. is to go and just like help. Yeah. Yeah, from one day to the people. next, you're like, okay, what are we doing today? Well, today we get to do a feel good one. Tomorrow is not so interesting. Feel good. Well, and they probably, I mean, you got to have that balance too. Sure. Those days when you go out and you get to see all the kids <laughs> and they're they're getting taken care of and they're playing and they're happy and that does. No, you're help still to balance out everything on edge and on your toes and ready at any second. You can't let you that guard down. I mean, in the moment that guard's down, you're fucked. Correct. But there's still some deep breaths that can be taken at some points during this. Right. Okay. That's neat. You're down there for 12 months, mm-hmm. you said? Yeah. Do they, do you know when your last day is? Like, I know it says 12 months, but mm-hmm. like, you know, like. From the beginning, did we know what day we would go home? No. But okay, so you went, what do, What year did you, I mean, what month did you go in? Do you remember? If you don't remember, we'll just say January. January 2005. So did you know, we like. came home in January of 2006. Okay. So like, it's like, say it's fucking December 29th. You're mm-hmm. like, hey, we got four more days and we can get the hell out of here. Right. Like there, there is a countdown. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's a very vague countdown. Yeah. You get demobilized. Your unit gets replaced by the oncoming unit. You do a handover. You kind of train with them, show them the areas that you've patrolled, the missions you've done. Mm. Hey, watch out for that spot. That spot's bad. Yeah. You know, the spot's relatively quiet, whatever. You take them out to meet the local sheikhs and stuff like that, the, the politicians of the local towns and stuff. You do the handover, and then you're mm. you're pulled back, and then we're sent to Kuwait. And then Kuwait, you wait. That's just a waiting game till it's waiting you on get logistics. the nod that it's time to go home. On logistics. Yep. Um, so down there when you were in, did you say you were in Baghdad? Where, where were you? We went everywhere. Okay, well, wherever you're at. Yeah, the station was in Talil, which is in southern Iraq. Okay. Um, Nazaria. <clears throat> but we patrolled all the way up to the Turkish border. Okay. All the way over to Syria. 
We patrol everywhere. Depending on the mission, we went everywhere. Okay. Um, but a lot of, like, if you, you set aside, and I'm talking like the Taliban and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. That is the correct, the Taliban, whoever the, 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 the military is for where you're at. It was just military. The, but um, when I talk, I'm talking your everyday people that want peace, okay? Correct. Okay. Yes. You said politicians. Mm-hmm. They're here to have, like, they res- they want American soldiers over here. And you said a tag, and whoever all you are there to help them. You have a lot of these civilians and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they're like, they're com- accepting you in with open arms. You said that, the, the, what brought this up, and I'm, I'm making my words confusing, whenever the new crew came in a couple mm-hmm. months before y'all left, so you can start training them, you said you, you're meeting the local politicians. Right. That's because they're like, they're here to help us. Not Correct. The, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, this is just a weird question that came up to me. Are there any men at this time that are over there that are respecting what we're doing or are all the men over there brainwashed by what the hell's going on? And it's, do you see what I'm saying? Like the way I picture that, uh, life over there is you grow up as a little boy over there and everybody fucking hates Americans and you want to kill them all. Like, Mm -hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? Are there men over there that are respecting you? Like, hey, yes. please come help us. Oh, no. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know if the Iraqis ever hated Americans like, mm-hmm. say, the Iranians do. Mm-hmm. Now, their their entire culture is, okay. is okay. or their, the culture that the media portrays mm-hmm. is, is they hate America. Right. Um, no, when you watch the videos of the initial Iraqi invasion, they mm-hmm. were happy. They okay. wanted... They wanted to be liberated tired from, of the shit. from yeah. Saddam. He oh, was okay. a nasty fucker. Yeah. I mean, when we went up to uh, Kurdistan, which is the northern part of Iraq, the Kurds, you've mm-hmm. heard of the Kurds, mm-hmm. they've kind of set themselves and say they're their own nation, but they're still part of Iraq. Mm-hmm. You have to cross this huge mountain region to get up there. They loved us. Mm-hmm. They despised Saddam okay. and his whole regime. They were so happy. Uh, but it was a completely different world up there. Mm-hmm. Um much more modernized. Interesting. But they were very welcoming. Interesting. Very w- willing to share information and to help. And That's cool. Stuff okay. Like that. You said the mountains. That just reminds me. For some reason, I think I always just expected this area to be fucking just dirt and grossness. No. It's a beautiful area, isn't it? Well, yeah, you get around in Baghdad, around that central part. There's some, I mean, palm trees, yeah. green, lush. Yeah. You got two huge rivers that damn near converge. Mm-hmm. The Euphrates and the, the Cypress. The, the Cy- can't remember the name of the river. One of them's the Euphrates, but they're huge rivers, and so all along those rivers, it is beautiful. Great. That's cool, man. Beautiful. Like, I always forget about until I hear people. Really, the reason that it got kind of got brought to my attention, I don't remember where they were, but for the movie Lone Survivor, I don't know if they were in Iraq or Afghanistan, whatever it was, but yeah, they were in Afghanistan. Just the beautiful. I don't know mm-hmm. if you watched the movie or not, but like the oh, beautiful yeah. mountain terrain and all mm-hmm. that is not whatever I imagined that to be. I don't know why. I was just like I was pretty damn young at this time. Yeah. I don't know what any of this is. Um. I'm going to ask one question. Okay. This isn't the an inappropriate question, but did you lose anybody close to you during this the time you were down there, like from your platoon or? No, not in that tight of a circle. Okay. I mean, there were guys in our unit that were lost. Mm-hmm. Yes. But um, you personally but, did not like have the, your buddy went down right next to you no. type thing. No. That's awesome. Did you ever get shot? No. You've never gotten shot, but you have been injured. And I know this because we yeah. talked about it because <laughs> you and I shared the yeah. exact same. Yeah. <laughs> we share the same injury, completely different. Right. Yeah. <laughs> spectrums on how we got that um 
you had a, a an injured neck. Correct. And I'm almost positive you told me what it was from. You don't have to go into detail, but uh, that was from... It's from moving to cover. <laughs> so moving to a place where a bullet wouldn't hit me. Yeah. Um, mm. And I just misjudged my spacing. Yeah. I, I hit my head really hard. Neck injuries. That's what we both yes. suffer. C4, Correct. C5. Yes. Had to have... Uh, uh, Infusion. Yeah. 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 It was just because when I was having my issues, mm-hmm. you know, we were talking about that, and I was like, right. "This is the exact same thing." Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. I knew you had gotten hurt there. Right? I couldn't. I couldn't remember the story. I couldn't remember what happened. I didn't know any of that. But um, you're down there. You you've done your twelve months. Mm-hmm. Are you? I'm sure by now you're like, "Holy fuck, I'm ready to get home." Yes. At any point in time, and I want an honest answer. While you were down there. Now, it could have been one of the cool days where you're helping kids get water, which sounds so rewarding. It could have been a day where it, it may not have been as nice. Did you lay your head down at night and say, I regret doing this? No. You didn't even hesitate to say that. You looked me right in the eyes and just said no immediately. So even during even say no today. the worst of the worst, the nastiest shit you had to see, some things either you had to see, things happen to people around you mm-hmm. or things that you or your buddies had to do to other people. Mm-hmm. I'm damn proud of it. Now, but you were damn proud of it at that time too. Yes. Wow. That's awesome, man. That is honest to God thought there might be at least some hesitation be like, fuck yeah. I remember, you know, there was a couple times I was like, what am I doing? Never once. No, man. Good on you, man. That's pretty, that's pretty fucking amazing. I just don't. Yeah. I mean, yes, there were times where like, God damn, I want to go home. Yeah. I miss, I miss my parents. I miss normal. I miss dominoes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah. But, Never did I regret it, no. Wow, awesome, man. That's so cool. Come home, stateside. Huge, deep breath I can only imagine. Oh, shit. I can only imagine whenever that plane landed in, wherever it landed in, where were you? So, I mean, the initial flight, so you go from Iraq to Kuwait, Kuwait to Ireland, refueled, and you're back over. Uh, I think we landed in Maine, refueled again. Then you land in, uh, landed in Fort Hood, with the platoon you left with. Yes, yeah. I don't How know cool is that, that, man? Yeah, but just like that initial group of guys were all back. You just told me your mission mm-hmm. when you got there, day zero, was to come back home right. with the guys that I got here with. Correct. And you were, I, I don't want to say one of the few, but there's not a lot of people who have these stories that can say they have the same outcome. As no. far as coming back with the guys we right. came with. How cool, yeah. man. No, there's you, some you have that, contact with any of these guys anymore? Yeah, um, a couple of them. But cool. everybody just kind of goes there. No, I mean, yeah, you and, get you live your life. But sure. You, you, I'm sure if you yeah. saw one of them right now, it'd be like the biggest hug and all sure. that shit. Oh, Let's yeah. crack this bottle open and yeah, have some time. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's so cool. So now the end of this tour. Mm-hmm. You're back home. Are is your eight years done by now? Yes. Are your eight years done by now? So December thirty first, you know, whatever it was, that's it. Well, it wasn't until January sixth, but yeah, you're officially you discharged from active duty. We're stateside, yeah. but you've already been discharged from active duty. But that was because yeah, I've got three you still had all yeah. of this time left in your eight years. So it's been eight right. years now. Mm-hmm. You're done. Yes. Navy, at this point in time, did you ever think about going back to do um, Army Reserves? I actually stayed in that reserve unit for a little bit afterwards. Yeah, just to uh, kind of figure out what, what's next. Right. How do, A, 
I would imagine there's got to be some sort of question in your mind on how do I even go back to live in a normal, and I'm using air quotes that you can't see right now, society after seeing what I just saw for 12 months. And then I come back home to the, the great United States of America. I'm sure by then you've got to have this whole different outlook on like, holy shit, I thought life could suck. I was 21, 22 and like, oh God, yeah. Kiss the ground when you get home and thank God I'm an American at this point, right? Yes. How's that transition going from doing that to just trying to live everyday life? It's hard. Very difficult, I'm assuming at first, right? That is the most difficult thing is the transition mm-hmm. back. And changing your mentality, getting back around. You hate it. Yeah. Especially after, like, okay, coming home from Bosnia. Mm-hmm. Not that bad, yeah. Not that bad. Sure. Um, but coming home from combat, mm-hmm. it's a different world. It's a different animal that transition back into the real world. Because now are you, you have been conditioned yeah. for 12 months yep. to eyes open, ears open. Be on edge 24-7. On edge 24-7, adrenaline going most of that time. Sounds probably scare the shit out of you, even if, like a truck backfiring or 4th of July, things like that. That never bothered me too much. Okay. I mean, okay. yeah, we were. I, there was mortars going off all the time mm-hmm. wherever we were at. Um, mm-hmm. That part never really bothered me, the sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're driving down the road and there's a box... Mm. on the you know trash on the side That's of the road you're like yeah, I'm gonna get over into the other lane because what about, you're in that uh, thought process and not hitting an ID but now I can only speak to this from listening on documentaries and podcasts or whatever from people who had to spend time in prison um, but like people standing behind you or like if you're standing in a like a crowd you know I'm just gonna for example like you went back to school at some mm-hmm. point I don't know if you went we're just gonna say you went back to South Plains at the time you're just standing there in that little cafeteria where everybody's playing ping pong. I'm assuming without you even knowing, you're fucking scanning this whole place 24-7. I probably wouldn't even go Someone in there to probably begin probably looking with. at you and you're like, what, what? Like, what's yeah. going on? Why are you staring at me? Exactly. I would avoid even going into places like that. Really? Like, if there's, okay, there's food there. Well, I'm going to go drive through yeah. <laughs> somewhere. I don't want to be around the crowds. How yeah. long did that last for you? It's still there. Yeah. You're still probably... You know what's funny is I've not as bad. I've never faced anything traumatic like that, but I think it's just a world that we live in. Um, I can't not plan my escape route. Mm-hmm. I have exactly at work. I know exactly what's going to happen. Heaven forbid if something were to happen, mm-hmm. I know where I'm going. I've told some people if you see me running to this room, my advice to you is just fucking sprint behind me because I am not stopping you. Yeah, you know those type of situations. If you go to a concert, if I go to the grocery store, mm-hmm. and I have no reason to, to think well, like that other than just the world that we live in. Your job has traumatic aspects to it, mm-hmm. being a nurse. There's, yeah. there's traumatic Absolutely. aspects to that. There's a lot of high adrenaline. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think trauma has to be specific to a kind yeah. um, for it to mm-hmm. still have the same effect on a person. That's very interesting. Like, let's say That's very interesting. childhood trauma. Mm-hmm can look the same as combat trauma. Sure. And how the person perceives their, their world around them. That's interesting. Man, that's very interesting. You know, you are closed off. You are hypervigilant. You don't like to be around the people, other right. people. Because right. something, at some point, there's a trigger somewhere. There was yeah. a person yeah. that hurt you or attempted to hurt you. Huh. 
And so you avoid people. Combat. That's very Those people man. are trying to take my life. Yeah. I'm going to try to prevent them or take theirs. Mm-hmm. So I think that trauma, I think it looks on the surface mm-hmm. very similar, even though the deep root cause is not the same. That's very interesting. Hmm. That's cool. So to your point, if you don't know why you mm-hmm. try to find those, those routes out, yeah. it's because you've had trauma. Mm-hmm. At some point in your yeah. life, yeah, but definitely during it being a nurse, mm-hmm. you know, running a code, right? That's a traumatic event, absolutely. Yeah, um, COVID think, was a traumatic, yeah, time frame, even for in, anybody that worked in healthcare. And Brad, I never realized this until I moved over to the, the ICU, which I've been doing for two years now. You know, you knew me as a nurse over doing medical surgical nursing, lots of uh, orthopedic type surgeries, yeah. cardiac caths, and stuff like that. That's how you and I became friends. Um, I never dealt with the sick patients because I had, did not have the license to be able to work in the ICU. But now gotcha. that I went to school and I did that kind of stuff, you know, ventilators and drips and all mm-hmm. that stuff, <clears throat> you talk about codes, but you know, I had done enough at the previous job that I had to where I'm comfortable in a code and trying to run one the best I can. But I've seen enough of those to where now it's just reacting in work, mm-hmm. much like what you were doing Correct. overseas. First couple of days, I'm sure after a while, this is my job and this is what we're going to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm getting at is, is you talk about how those things could be traumatic. The hardest thing that I do is when we withdraw care. So mm-hmm. the, the lay term and people listening, God damn it, please stop using this term because it is so inhumane. We do not pull the plug. Yeah, no. there is no magic plug in a hospital room that if you pull it, I mean, yes, there are plenty of plugs. If you pull it, a patient's going to die. <laughs> that's, that's not how that process is done. Yeah. Uh, we say withdraw care or comfort measures. Right. Um, and I never realized like that term that just, that's what it was until I started doing this. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I can't stand that term now. It's very, Anyways. Uh, it lacks respect. It really does. I'm not going to say that people say it. No, in it's a, not with the intent of being disrespectful, but it does. When lack we're gonna do that, I always that explain to the patient's families. Hey, I say the lay term, and I use air quotes, is pull the plug, and I tell them that's not what we do here. Mm-hmm. Anyways, whenever at that point we turn the ventilator off, take the tube out, we may have three or four drips that are keeping blood pressure. Right. I'm not even say good, but you know, adequate with life. Mm-hmm. You turn those off, in sometimes within minutes. Um, you see a patient's life get taken away from them immediately. Sometimes it's days right. and days. and But, you know, you're in the room. You got family in the room. And I don't know this human being. You know, this could, this is someone's dad. This is someone's son. This is someone's brother. Um, he's a patient to me that doesn't take that away. You know, I always, right. like, try to make sure that connection's there. But also, you have to learn how to put up a wall. You never come back to work tomorrow. <laughs> right. Yeah, after but, the first like, time. Yeah, that is. But that one, like, those that thing will like get you and then you the hardest part about that is you do all this you know family says goodbye so on and so forth but then it never fails the room next to you because we take two patients is always the patient that probably should have been moved to med service there's just not a room available Mm -hmm. or you know how that goes who's not sick Mm -hmm. and now they've gone from being as sick as this guy girl to now they're pissed off because they wanted a cup of ice water five minutes ago. Oh, they couldn't absolutely. figure out why I wouldn't go into the room. Yes. And I can't tell that person, hey, this is what just happened. And this mm-hmm. is this family's life next door will forever be fucked. Right. I put on a smile and I apologize, sir. Here's your ice water. Right. To me, that's even harder than doing 
the withdrawal of care is having to, and then you have to continue with your mm-hmm. next however many hours you have left in your 12 hour shift. Right. That's not easy. No, it's not. So that same, the way it affects your mind in that same scenario mm-hmm. is the same way that veterans feel when they come home. Mm. Why are you bitching about something so mundane? Right. Fuck you. They put and tomatoes your, your on your goddamn sandwich. icy. Yeah. That wasn't cold enough. Yeah. Or some minute thing that yep. people whine and gripe about right. and take for granted and take advantage of yep. all day, every day. Yep. Will light you on fire. Mm-hmm. I mean, it will make That's you so angry. That's interesting, man. There were multiple scenarios that I found myself in. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have been in because I let that temper go. Yep. I let it take over. Yep. Like, I was still young. You know, mm-hmm. I was 26. Mm-hmm. You know, the frontal lobe of the brain isn't even fully developed until you're 26. So right. you experience all this prior to that. And yep. you're supposed to just come home, shut Accept up. Accept it and move on. Blend in. Wow. Where's Waldo? Blend into society. Wow. When you don't have that mind frame. Okay. Um, you've been out of that mindset for quite some time. Yep. Um, trying to figure everything out you're trying to deal with the things mm-hmm. you saw mm-hmm. you're trying to get your adrenaline to come back down but it's not going to so yeah. if you look at it from a scientific approach mm-hmm. or perspective um, when you're in a certain environment for a certain period of time the body is an amazing machine it will right. adapt yeah absolutely what once was normal is not normal anymore your body will establish a new baseline yep wherever it's at yep um, any animal does this uh, so when your adrenaline is running mm-hmm. high all the time that becomes your new baseline do you know the term for that no keep talking I'm going to find out it's one of the coolest terms I've ever heard but y- you develop that new baseline just like a cocaine addict <laughs> their dopamine baseline drops because of the cocaine abuse so they need right. more cocaine right it's the same way that your body adapts to any situation. So your adrenaline is high. Um, that becomes your new baseline. So you come home. And for me, the hardest thing was everything was boring. There was no joy. There was no... Nothing got me amped up to that, that yeah, adrenaline almost, level. It's like almost how, it, how would it? Right. How would it? Exactly. So how do you find that? You fight. <laughs> you create situations... Uh, husbands fight with their wives. They bar fights they, they with abuse buddies, drugs. Yeah. They abuse yeah. alcohol. Yeah. Right. They look for that that interaction, something that's going to give them that rush. And I would imagine too. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but even that adrenaline. But now I'm angry and I don't know why. I'm pissed off and I don't know why, but if you look at me, we cross eyes because we're both just trying to go get a beer up at fucking Cujo's, and right. I just looked at you, there's an easy fix because now at least I can say I'm angry because this motherfucker looked at me. You justify it. Yeah. You find a justification in, no. in wow. your behavior, okay. and it's never healthy. It just leads, it perpetuates the cycle. Yep. So, I know the answer at this moment. I'm asking anyways. <laughs> You're... Getting out of Iraq, right? And we're just using Iraq as an example, but any vet yes. of any branch, mm-hmm. okay? Seeing things that people like me could never even begin to imagine. You could tell me the deepest, darkest of stories, and I still couldn't begin to imagine what you felt, right? Surely, they provide you, before you go home, 
with some sort of mental health tips, awareness, guidance into how we can stop this, right? Sure. No. No. I mean, there's honestly that there's nothing like at all. Good luck. Appreciate your help, soldier. Even if there is something offered there, what guy is going to go through all that and say, "Yes, I need help." Mm -hmm. Very few. No, because you you've been conditioned from the day you went to boot camp eight years ago. This is your mission. Yep. Stay focused. Okay. Your head. Keep feelings out of it. Okay. You're conditioned that whole time mm. to not do that. Okay. But then the transition back, you're supposed to automatically you do just that. turn it off. Yeah. Right. You know, a, a spouse or a parent or whoever you're interacting with mm. says, "Why won't you just talk to me about it?" No. Go fuck yourself. No. I don't want to talk to you about it. No. I'm not going to because how can I talk to you about it? It's hard. Um, I ended you? up going to counseling for about a year and a half here in here locally. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'm assuming, and, and that was to start dealing with some of these emotions that you were having. Many years later, too. Ten years afterwards. Okay. Yes. Did you know, were you mentally aware enough to know that a lot of these triggers you were having, whatever it was, was probably from? No. Not You just knew something wasn't right. Yes. I don't like my attitude to who I am, whatever, and I need to get help. You're confused as to why you feel that way. You, you never know? even were able to, at the time, connect the dots. It's like, I'm probably feeling like this because of this. No. This, because you think that I'm supposed to come home and be back in the United States, all the freedoms we have, all mm-hmm. the luxuries we have. You're you're thinking I'm gonna go home. It's gonna be great, right? And then you go home and you're like, oh, this sucks. Yeah, this is wow. I feel I don't feel any joy. I don't, I'm, you know, everybody's like, oh, you want to go to the, you want to go watch the game? Yeah. What the fuck's the game gonna do for me? Right. That's no Jesus. joy in watching a game. Jesus. You know, it, it, so it becomes, you start to think about those things over time mm-hmm. and you start to realize like mm-hmm. if, if, if you take the time to analyze yourself, sure. a lot of people don't take the time to yeah. analyze themselves. They pick up the bottle, Yep. you know, and they, 100%. they, they bury it. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. if you take the time to analyze yourself, you'll start to realize what used to bring me joy doesn't bring me joy anymore. There's right. got to be a reason. What's the reason behind what, that? Why am I two divorces in? Right. And I still can't get this right. Mm-hmm. Um, why am I always mad yep. even though people around me are smiling? Mm-hmm. They find joy in a football game yep. and I don't even want to turn the TV on. I don't even know what I want to do to yeah. find joy. Yep. Um, I was a really bad drug addict when I was from like 18 to 20. Um, I don't know if you ever listened to the podcast about the journey I did. If not, Listen to it when you have about an hour. Um, It's just called my journey through addiction. Um, Oxycontin. Um, The worst of the worst, right? I remember working. I was a waiter at Casa Olay at the time. Okay. Um, And at this point was at the peak of addiction, right? It was no longer, I was not getting high. It was now to normalize myself. You talked about that just a minute ago. (laughs) Um, To avoid withdrawal, right? Correct. The whole reason something just triggered, and I was talking about it. there was these two guys that I worked with, worked with at the time, Josh, and I think the other guy's name was Clay. Um, they had just moved to Lubbock to go to Tech from some small town. The happiest, most fun people to be around. I loved hanging out with these guys, but everybody loved these guys because they're smiling, they're laughing, everything. And I can remember vividly, like it was yesterday, and it was almost twenty years ago now. Um, 
looking at them at work one day in the back in the kitchen. We're all waiting on our food to come out, whatever, and thinking to myself, how in the world are these two people this genuinely happy mm-hmm. when they've got nothing to do this? Because the only way I felt the joy they felt, so I thought, was whenever I had just snorted some Oxycontin. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh my God, this feels good, so on and so on. But I, I remember that. I don't know why, but I, I honestly got hope I remember that feeling that I had of questioning myself to the day sure. I died. It's, it was such a pivotal moment for me. And it wasn't too much longer after that when I said enough is enough. Get mm-hmm. your shit together. But you talk about, you know, I'm excited to go watch Tech play today. And you're not. Mm-mm. And in your mind, I'm wondering why the hell can you not be happy with the football right. game? Because I don't know what's going on in your mind. But you're probably also wondering the same thing I was wondering about Josh over there being super happy because he's not on drugs. Exactly. You're wondering is how in the hell can Landry be so excited to go watch a football game? Where is that happiness coming from from him? Right. That's not doing anything for me. Correct. That's interesting, man. I never would have thought. I don't know. You know, interesting. That's just a very interesting concept. You know, and there's scientific reasoning behind it. Mm-hmm. And... You've, your education is in the science background. My mm-hmm. education is in the science background. I can now look at this and understand what mm-hmm. was going on, but how many veterans don't right. have that ability to know what's dopamine, what's serotonin, exactly. what's norepinephrine, what's epinephrine, what yep. is it doing in the brain at any given time of the day, what's cortisol, when is cortisol mm-hmm. released? Oh, it's released in response to stress. Right. Oh, when you have a stressful response, cortisol is relieved, but also raises your dopamine. Right. There's your high. I'm going to get in a fight, yep. release some cortisol, yep. increase some good. dopamine, yep. and get a high. Right. And then I'm going to crash. Yep. They don't understand that. That's interesting, man. And so they're trying to rationalize it, normalize it in their own way, mm-hmm. and they begin to believe I'm just fucked up. Yep. And then that just perpetuates the cycle. And there's nobody there to help pull them out of it. So some that there are sometimes, not all the time. I'm saying the ones that get lost. Well, and I think too, like when you say there's nobody there, I think that that the majority of people, and I, I, I may be speaking out of pocket, but I think the majority of people at least have some close knit family. Like we all have our mommies, you know, our daddies, mm-hmm. um, maybe some brothers, sisters, maybe a spouse, a girl, whatever, right? When you say there's nobody there, what I hear you saying is like it to the general, like to, to the legitimate outreach. You know, my mom, if I was in that, could I could always call my mother. She's going to answer. Mm-hmm. But professional help, I think, lacks. Absolutely. In the States, locally on a bigger stage to help people like you and everybody else who has seen, done things like that. Mm-hmm. And not only do I think that we're lacking in that. I truly believe that mental health is not the stigma of it is not where it should be. I honestly, I believe that we have come leaps and bounds in society than even probably when you first got out. Oh, it's changed uh, a lot for the better. Still nowhere where we should be, but you can imagine I, I would, and you can tell me better than me in 2006, when you got out, to where we're at in 2023, would you say leaps and bounds have been taken in the right direction? And I'm not talking about just for vets, but just mental health awareness in general. Yes. Um, In the treatment aspect. Right. Where it's failing is Mm -hmm. in the prevention aspect. Yes. Just like all health. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) That's another podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Absolutely. Um, When you started having to go to counseling, you realize something's not right. I'm now self-aware, which congratulations for seeing that because most people can't even be self-aware. 
you start figuring out stuff and connecting the dots like, oh shit, oh shit, here we are. So on and so forth. I'm not here to talk about all that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you have now made some leaps, feeling better. Now, what have you decided to do to try to help? Now, you've helped yourself. I mean, you're getting, you know what I'm saying? But right. you now know, oh shit. Do you know how many vets just are in Lubbock, Texas? Maybe some that did the same thing you do. These younger kids that are coming out now, kids may they be going in. Mm-hmm. They need to the help you do it. I'm assuming and just knowing you, your your job is to fix people. Try. I mean, well, I mean yeah. that's that's your job. I mean, mm-hmm. those we kind of talked about a little minute ago. We skipped all this, but you're a physical therapist, right? Yeah. So I've now injured myself. Your job is to rehab me back to get my arm working, my back working, my legs, whatever it is, right? I mean, right. that is your job is to fix whatever got broken on me. Right. And you may be successful, you may be unsuccessful, but you're going to damn sure try. But that's just the, the human body side of it. Yes. But I don't know if like you've ever even thought about like clearly something's going on with you like you need, to, you have a need to fix people. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So now we're talking about you, I'm assuming that, that that brotherhood of army, like I could be a vet and never even know you, but if I told you I'm a vet, then you and I, are, we have this connection that no one else does, right? Correct. You want to help people mm-hmm. who are much like yourself. Yes. What are you doing to fix that? This is where we can kind of go into. So I've always wanted to have some hand in that, and, and but there's nothing around Lubbock, really. I mean, you've got the veteran organizations like the VFW, American Legion but that's and I don't mean this offensively I'm just stating facts it's all of the older guys that's kind of what I gather when you say that like I picture old men and so when you've got younger vets that are getting out transitioning Mm -hmm. home um, they don't want to go there right absolutely they want something that's along their lines and so there's not much Mm -hmm. and the stigma with the VA everybody the VA is much better than it used to be that's crazy because I know the VA being shitty now, so yeah. I can't even imagine what it used to be. <laughs> um, there's more, but there's still that missing component of camaraderie. And so, wow. going along, and I have no one I wanted to have some sort of interaction uh, play a role, but nothing being there. Um, I have a friend that got turned on to this place and it's in Roundup, Texas. Round, I didn't even heard of Roundup, Texas. And it's called T6 of West Texas. Okay. It is an organization that was that is still growing. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time we got involved, it hadn't even opened yet. Mm-hmm. But the idea was this lady, the grandmother started it. Mm-hmm. Her grandson is a combat veteran from okay. Iraq. Okay. He came home, same boat. Yep. He just wasn't able to pull himself out of that boat mm. as well. So he kind of had some addiction, yeah. alcoholism, yep. um, struggled. Yep. They found this organization out of Canada. Mm. They got him a service dog. It helped him tremendously. Wow. So grandma sees yeah. grandson helped. Whole new person. Different person. No. Yeah. Still has his struggles, sure. but is a different person. Absolutely. She saw the light come back on in his eyes. Cool. Right. Cool. So she has a lot of money. A lot of oil money. She decides to build a dog training facility in Roundup, Texas. Okay. You would never know it's there. Um, you could look it up. The website should be live now. T6WT.com. Okay. Um, and so they've been working for a few years trying to get that going. My buddy Jamie 
had coffee with somebody that knew this person yeah. and he had just gotten a German shepherd and they, they told him, well, you're a veteran, go train it out there. Mm-hmm. So he got tied in. He told me about it. I got tied in. Um, it's an LLC. They want to help veterans through the dog training aspect. Okay. I wanted to take it further. Yeah. Okay. The dog aspect I love. I have my own dog. Yeah, your dog. You have a picture of him on this website. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about. That's yeah. a fucking cool looking dog. He's a beast. Gunner, um, right? Uh, what? Gunner is that his name? Odin. 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 Yeah. Um, so I wanted to take it a step further. I okay. wanted to use the skills and knowledge that I have from my career, from school. Mm-hmm. How can I help veterans in that regard? Yeah. And that's when I decided to set up this nonprofit as a five hundred one c three charitable organization to help fund veterans mm. to go to that place to train a dog if they have one yeah. or to help them get a dog if they need one. Mm-hmm. But then the other aspect of it, there's two more components to it really, suicide prevention and awareness, mm. which that facility has a certified person who's very good at teaching this stuff. Wow. Very good. To teach classes to veterans. Yes. Their families. Mm, that's probably a more important one right there. Civilian life. Yeah. Civilian world. Employers mm-hmm. on how to help and how to respond, how to spot. What to look for. What yeah. to look for. Exactly. Yep. Prevention. Mm. Prevent it. Don't yep. respond to it after it happens. Yeah, you need to help the people that have been affected by that. Yeah, but what about the person who just took their They're life? They're already gone. Yep. You didn't prevent it. And so, they've got classes that are out there. Um, to do that, we want to be able to fund that because okay. people can't just take a day off work. Yep. They can't come from another area mm-hmm. if they don't have money to, stay to for gas, a yeah. place to stay. This place will lodge wow. 25 people at a time. Holy cow. Uh, it's a multi-million dollar facility. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's not the luxury, luxurious, ah, luxury lodging. No. It's barrack style. Right. But veterans are used to that. Yeah, they, they probably, it probably brings back some. It would. Probably healthy for them to, you know, some camaraderie, yeah. right? Um, and then the third part that we want to help accomplish with Operation Reset is the help veterans regain their physical abilities. So either they've been hurt, maybe mm-hmm. they had an injury that yep. they never recuperated quite, quite right from, or maybe they just didn't transition well, or their transition into the civilian life. Yeah, they got out of shape. Yeah, they gained weight. Yep. They drank too much. Yep. They ate too much. Yep. And now they struggle with doing those things that they used to enjoy doing. They Absolutely. used to be an in-shape badass. Yeah. And now they're not. Right. And that's depressive. Hmm. Right? I never even thought about that because everybody be there is fucking carved out of marble and in damn good shape, whatever you're And now they're sitting these on the couch. Yeah. Interesting. And they don't know how to get back. Mm. So, and then their kids are outside playing. Dad, come play ball with me. Yeah. I'm too out of shape. I don't feel like it. I don't want to even because it just, it it hurts. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. I don't want to get out of breath. You know, just that type of stuff. Help them rehabilitate from that. Mm -hmm. Um, Hmm. Get back to an active life. And really there's, there's one word that, that really strikes my mind when I talk about this. It's capable. Help them get back their capability Mm -hmm. to live a fulfilling, absolutely happy life. Absolutely, whether that's physically, or mentally, or emotionally, yep, or their 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 family, yeah, um, just help them be capable again of what they once were. Wow. So are you? 
it's part of this service that you're offering um, to help them out. And, you know, you're a physical therapist. We've mentioned that a couple of times. So, you know how the body functions and, you know, you're hurting here. So let's do this. I mean, it's going to give a quick example to just brag on you, whatever. My wife was hurting somewhere. I don't remember what it was years and years and years ago. When we used to work together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, Hey, can you just check her out? I think her leg was hurting if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, figure something mm-hmm. out. What do we need to do to fix this? And you're like, yeah, man, just meet me in the office. You know, at work in an hour. We went, met her at the cafeteria, we're walking back, had no fucking clue you were behind us. Mm-hmm. No clue. We sit in your office, you said, hey, are you hurting here, 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 and here, and you touched it, and she was like, in pain. You said, but I bet you're not hurting here, and didn't, she didn't feel you touching type right. thing. And we both looked and said, how do you know that? You said, well, I was walking right behind y'all from the cafeteria, and I, you were just watching how she walked, mm-hmm. and you, sh- I don't know, a bit diagnosis, or would you diagnose what was wrong right. and how we fixed it? Right. By watching her walk. And the reason I bring that up is, is that speaks volumes to how serious you take your job and you're not just some guy trying to collect a paycheck. Like you can analyze a human being and say, this is what's hurt. This is what we can do to get you back. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you offering that to these vets? Like you personally, you see what I'm saying? Like if I, if you know, if I'm signing up an operation reset, I get a hold of you, you and I talk and you're like, dude, like my shoulder, man, my kid wants to play baseball with me, but it's just not right. Mm -hmm. And you're treating this patient, uh, this vet. Yes. So free of charge. That's where the, the mission begins. Okay. So the, the nonprofit is established. Our bylaws are written. Right. The board of directors is all there. The awesome. website's up. Mm-hmm. Now we've got to beat the streets. Need some funding. We have to raise money. Okay. Um, I would love to be able to do everything for everyone. Yep. At no cost. Yep. But logistically, we that's impossible. That. Yeah. It's absolutely impossible because my... I have to still t- pay my bills, yeah, feed my children, kids, yeah. take care of my life. And I'm, you know, we're not looking for a luxurious life out of this. We just want to be able to help people, mm-hmm. but we do have to have money for that. Absolutely. And so what we need to do is we need to start fundraising. Um, this weekend I didn't get to attend. Um, but I had a seat at the table. I didn't attend for other personal reasons, mm-hmm. but I was supposed to be at Mar a Lago today or t- last night. What? Yeah. <laughs> So T six yeah through their connections with that place in Canada Mm -hmm. they are there my buddy's there leading a dog demonstration cool we need to get that fundraising going Mm -hmm. Um, so they're gonna come back to round up to Lubbock with a lot of connections made Mm -hmm. and so we're gonna visit when they get back try to put a game plan together. because we have to raise that money to be able to fund these veterans to go to that facility, the the dog part, the human part, mm-hmm. the mental health side of it. We've got to be able to pay for it, um, and that's the shitty part of it. Yep. That's the hard part of it, yep. and the the part that makes you feel kind of gross. Yeah, like your, the, 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 the the mindset re- is right and everything, but it's asking the, for money is the hardest thing ever. It's the real part of it, yep. and so. That's where we've got to really put in a lot of work. So when you talk about, you said these people can go out and train their dogs. Like y'all are, or this, I'm saying y'all because the whole conglomerate. Mm-hmm. I'm teaching my dog. Like I'm training. You're you're teaching me how to train this person, this dog, or do they do all the training? And then now that the training's been done, no. I get to come back and teach this dog. St- or you you're teach teaching me the you- veteran how to train their dog. You're training the veteran. 
for train their dog. And we're not talking about sitting and laying, which if that needs to be done, cool, we're going to mm-hmm. do that. But you're talking about more for the general aspect to help as a service animal and how to maybe help calm down. And dogs have triggers, right? And like they know mm-hmm. if like you're getting anxious, whatever it is, like they can probably tell you before you get that way. And so is that what you're talking about or? Not really. Okay. So there are service dogs that are, you know, will... If someone's diabetic yeah. and their blood sugar yeah. elevates, the yeah. dog smells it, alerts. Mm-hmm. It's not a dog that's going to alert you to your anxiety. Mm-hmm. You already know you're anxious. Right. Um, the rehabilitative aspect is in the work. Yeah. It's in the training. Yeah. So when you're training your dog out there, mm-hmm. even if it's basic obedience type stuff, you're working your dog. You have to engage with that animal. Yep. And this is, at first I was like, nah, this is bullshit. Right. And then I started doing it. You took Odin out there? I took Odin out there. And you start engaging in that work. Mm. If I'm mad, my dog's going to know I'm mad. It's just like kids. He's they not going to respond yeah. to me. Absolutely. And so when he's not responding to me, we're not getting work done. Right. We're not training. Right. If I'm in a good mood, my mm. dog is going to respond to me. Mm. If I tell him to sit to lay down, to jump, whatever I'm telling them to do, just to simply follow me. Um, they're not going to do it if you're pissed off mm-hmm. or if you're anxious or you're worrying, your head's not in it. They're going to know your head's not in it. So right. it's a way to hmm. not force, but guide the veteran to get in the right mindset to accomplish a mission. I see. That's I what we're used to, right? I'm going to use that word because I was going to, I was thinking like, okay, you're, bringing these vets out here and their mission is to get this dog trained over however you know whatever this length of stay is yes now now you're speaking to me as a vet is like fuck it this is my mission let's accomplish this mission it gives them something a goal right right? um it makes them responsible for something interesting it gives them a reason yearning for since you come home correct uh some sort of task that will keep me in the right frame of mind. Right. Now you'll veer. Everybody veers. But the dog is there to remind you, hey, remember me? Yep. I'm, this you, is what you're, you're doing, responsible yeah. to me. Right. The dog is saying this. You're responsible to me as well. Right. You have to take care of me. Exactly. And I'm here to help you. <laughs> now the dog does have that calming effect. Right, for sure. It, yeah. Absolutely. No, it's, it's a dog. A, it's a <laughs> yeah. companion. Yep. Um, we don't call it a pet. We call it a companion. You know, it's your partner. Absolutely. Um, and so you have to give as much to it as you want to get from it. Mm. And so it puts you in that right frame of mind. So the rehab, the mental health aspect of it is in the training. Yeah. And you said that y'all also have a, um, I don't know if, if counselors right word, but there's someone out there too that can help guide mm-hmm. if you're having. So he's a veteran as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is very important for y'all. And he went through and used to work for one of these veteran organizations, but it, he realized himself like the outreach is not there. We're not hitting the right target because mm-hmm. we belong to the VA system. There's a stigma there. Yep. How can we push this out? So exactly. he joined uh, and brought all the knowledge he had mm-hmm. from all of his licensing and training that he got from the VA, right. which actually has good mental health material. Mm-hmm. It's just they're just suck right? at getting it yeah. out there because nobody wants to go to the VA. Yep. The veteran doesn't want to go to the VA for counseling. Right? They want to go talk to another veteran. Yep. Um, yep. And so that's that was the idea of bringing him into the picture is to just be able to increase the the awareness and draw more people, draw more veterans to it. Mm. Okay. 
Um, and this is Operation Reset. Yes. Is that like a sub particle of the the T six stuff, or is it, are you your own thing and in conglomerate with the T six WT? Yes, we're in a, yeah. It's not a subset of them. Okay. Um, we have to work together. There, they provide the service. Mm. We need to help raise the money to pay for that service to be provided there. Okay. So now I, we can, if we have the money raised, we can help send a veteran anywhere. Let's say a veteran suffers from TBI, mm-hmm. traumatic brain injury. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get them to, to Denver, mm-hmm. to the Marcus Institute of Brain Health. Mm-hmm. Let's get them evaluated and examined and see what they can do for them. Mm-hmm. So we can do multiple things once we have the funds. We're not tied just to that. Exactly. That location. It's just that location's right here. Mm-hmm. We're here. Right. So why not? We both have the same mission. Exactly. Help veterans. Exactly. Let's find multiple avenues to help those veterans. Absolutely. And if we can't get it done here, let's send them let's and help out. fund yeah. them. Go. So I had a very good experience. Um, this was before I started Operation Reset, but mm-hmm. it's also what guided me to start Operation Reset. Um, I had that second neck surgery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. I got, I was, I was in pain. Yep. I wasn't working out like I used to. Mm-hmm. And when you stop working out, you start feeling other things hurt. Absolutely. You start gaining weight, mm-hmm. you get frustrated. So my anxiety level came up a lot mm-hmm. after having that second neck surgery. Yeah. Because I was like, shit. And mine was quick. I yep. sneezed. I shit you not. I sneezed. The disc ruptured. And four days later, I lost all function in my left hand. Yep. I could not feel my left hand. I could not move my left hand. So it was an emergency type surgery. Yeah, I remember um, you texting me when you were down in the ER. Like, dude, you got to help me you know with the and so you know this from nursing that a lot of times the traumatic ones mm. have the most lingering effects mm-hmm. because it's such a, a large amount of damage really quick right and your body it takes your body a while to adapt to that mm-hmm. and respond to that mm-hmm. so i had the surgery um and i just wasn't feeling right i, I got depressed yeah um the anxiety started coming back up with the depression. Mm-hmm. My head wasn't right. Yep. And so I stumbled across, um, I don't remember who turned me on to it, but it's a place in, in Virginia. It's called Virginia High Performance. It was started by a former Navy SEAL mm. to help veterans do exactly what the idea that I've always wanted exactly. to do. And I was like, there's another place out there? Yep. That's badass. How yep. do I get there? Yeah. I want to go. Yeah. And so they have a partnership with a nonprofit called exactly. Boot Campaign, yeah. run out of Dallas. I contacted them. I qualified. Wow. They sent me there for a month. Really? I was in Virginia for a month doing a full rehab program. Um, they even speech therapy to work wow. on memory skills that yep. I didn't realize I had lost my uh-huh. memory skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yoga, not yoga, but breathing techniques, mm-hmm. stress reduction. Super important. Getting my body back where I needed to be. Wow. Full nutrition plan. Hmm. For four weeks, and I came back totally different. When, Just, how long ago was this? Because I remember your surgery doesn't feel like it was that long. Was it like a year and a half ago? So my Not surgery even. was in November of 21. Yeah. So I started the business in September 21. November yep. 21, the injury happened. Yep. Um, so all the stress of starting mm-hmm. a new business, had yep. to take five weeks off to recover from the surgery. I finally got to Virginia High Performance um, on the 5th of July. Okay. The day after the, and so, uh, that was a, that was a blessing to me. Game changer a bit. Game changer. Mentally opened my eyes. Absolutely. To what we're not doing for people. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, not just veterans, Landry, it's 
whoever suffers mm-hmm. law enforcement first responders ems firefighters nurses because mm-hmm. i don't know if you know this nursing suicide rates have increased dramatically since covid i didn't know that but it makes sense um and it's probably just as high or at the time mm-hmm. just as high as the veterans holy shit i did not know that or surpassed it even for Isn't a while. Isn't that crazy? That's what I do for a living, and there's no right. awareness for that. Interesting. So, wow. it, I, that's the, the goal is to grow it to not just veterans. I do want to help veterans. That's that's the. Well, that's I remember talking at, to you but, when uh, you got the building over for advanced physical therapy, but we were over like you're now brick and mortar instead mm-hmm. of doing the also, do, you know what I'm saying? You hadn't opened yet. Right. Um, you kind of got it going. You text me, like, bro, come check out this new place. And I remember chatting with you there and you said, hey, this is obviously what I do. But I remember very vividly you saying my goal is to help veterans, though. Mm-hmm. I think I even love that matter. But I just remember that and that was two years ago, two and a half years ago. So I know, I know that's always been your goal. Right. So you're. You want to advance, you know, you help out veterans and then anybody that's kind of struggling too. Yes. Though. So yes. Operation Reset, like I have nothing to do with. Military. Is there a place for me to go and get help? I think it, once we get it established to a certain point, That's yeah, absolutely, it's the goal. You don't want to leave anybody behind. No. Um, just because we come from different walks of life right. doesn't mean that we don't suffer the same demons, hmm. suffer the same That's a problem. really cool... I don't see why it can't be. No. Um, the only thing that limits us is our own imagination. Yeah. Or... Yeah. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, so where 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 is uh, this facility at? First of all, yeah, I know you said it's in Roundup. Where's the hell is Roundup, Texas? Um, between Shallow Water and Anton. Oh, so we're right near the street. Yeah, it's a thirty minute drive. But. Okay. Reason I ask is is do you think and now this whatever this may not bring money but it's going to help. Is there stuff that people who are in the facility, Grandma over there, whoever helps run this facility, needs help doing volunteer wise? Yes. Like, are there dogs out there that people need to be helped picking up dog shit? Like, is there anything that a group of people, a group of guys can come and help with? At this moment, not much. Okay. But like I said, that organization is growing and just kicking off as well. Okay. Their website went live on Saturday. Oh, this is, oh shit. Okay. So. Brand new. It's coming. It's coming. I, I would to- like to for you to keep me in a special group of people in mind for that. I don't want to call him out on here until I talk to him personally. Sure. But I've already talked to him anyways, and he was a guest of mine two episodes ago. Um, We have a local organization of a bunch of brown water drinkers, and I'll leave it at that. I don't want to say the name yet until I talk to him. Um, Anyways, we do lots of outreach here in Lubbock. Okay. We're not just a group of people who post pictures of fucking <laughs> Buffalo Trace on Saturday night and okay. that's it. We're more than that. No, we I do outreach. Yes. Um, we actually, I say we, I'm not one of the administrators, but I go to them, host events for people that are willing to get up off their ass on Saturday morning. Okay. A group of guys and girls, Cassandra's helped me out with some, we've done uh, meals on wheels, deliveries, lots of stuff. I don't want to get into awesome. all that, but the reason I asked is I have brought it up to him. Because I, I mentioned Opry set when he was on, mm-hmm. and he's dude, he said, dude, let me know, because he, he organizes this stuff for our group, is why I'm asking if, so, so when, when y'all need help, that, yeah, he, he organizes everything. He's in, like, we do all the the, the, the food bank, stuff like that, so wow. he's, he's good about, he'll post, I need 
20 men on this day sign up some of us even do shifts if you can't make anyways like he's got it down to a science that's amazing um, because that's where I'm lacking giving so if and when it becomes available because it sounds to me like a facility full of dogs could use some people helping but hell even if it was like hey we need to go paint these rooms whatever anything that y'all may need a group of volunteers to do reach out to me I'll we'll get in touch with him right um We'll see if we can't come and help you all too. But it's also an event that you might have. Mm-hmm. Can we, can Operation Reset attend that event? Or are you willing to help Operation Reset mm-hmm. run an event? Right. Host an event? Yep. Um, I'm a absolutely believer in people helping people. And that's the only way you get there. <laughs> We've noticed just with doing this, this, uh, kids, my Botox stuff over the last, you know, month to month and a half, I've gone talking to multiple boutiques here in town and be like, Hey, if we come do a pop up here, you know, y'all post and Mm -hmm. help us. We're going to post and help y'all for the weeks leading up to it. Then that's, I'm going to drive you business. You're going to drive me business. Mm -hmm. We're all happy at the end of the day. So I can tell you, obviously I'd love to go help, but I, I, I feel like I speak and I brought it up to him, but you know, but we sure. would love to get a group of guys to come help y'all do stuff. No, we need to visit. Um, we need as to far talk. as organizing stuff to, um, we'll do whatever we can. I mean, who doesn't want to help that? Some honestly right. friends of friends are all friends anyways. Right. So that's awesome. Um, how can someone, if someone has the finances, I mean, I'm sure like you would love a hundred thousand dollar donation, but sure. 10 bucks, <laughs> 10, 10 bucks goes a long way. Absolutely. Do you have something set up through opreset.com, uh, excuse me, .org um, for funding? I mean... So what they'll have to do, um, we talked about this setting it up on the website like a donate now button. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to get to that okay. once we feel that it, we've got enough traffic that's going to... Well, you don't want to do everything all on day one. No, you don't. Um, so right now, someone can contact, uh, contact us through info at mm. opreset.org okay so it's an email address that we have set up that's specific to that info okay. at opreset o-p-r-e-s-e-t dot org yes so they can contact us that way um, or if it's somebody that you just know mm-hmm. you just give them my cell phone I'm not yeah. going to blast it out here but exactly you know as we're moving forward I don't mind that because they can get straight in contact with me exactly mm-hmm. exactly um From you getting now, okay. Did you already have Odin prior to all this, or is Odin new from when you decided? Odin, Odin came about when Jennifer saw the the light come on, the yeah. spark, the interest, the excitement that I saw, yeah, and the opportunity that I saw once I was introduced to these to this family. Okay, so Odin's new. He's a year and a half old. Okay. That dude's fucking beast. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of dog is that? English master. I just saw a picture on your on your website the other day. I was like, holy He's just God. 180 pounds. Is that, is that it? <laughs> he makes my great Dane look small, which I never thought could be possible. So you personally have seen what having your companion can do for your, your own mental health. Absolutely. Yeah. It sounds silly, but like I had this kind of, I'll, I will, I will die on this fucking rock. Isn't that the saying? I'll die on this rock. Dogs. Are way fucking better than cats. <laughs> like Listen. we were talking about this at work the other day, but I'm gonna tell you right now, you, you, no one ever says that a cat is a man's best friend, no. right? You know, you have a cat and you open up the door in the morning, you never fucking see them again mm-hmm. until they're hungry or until it's like 
they want to come inside and they start scratching at your door. They yeah. don't love on you. I've never, I do know there's cat people, but like they don't bring you that joy that a dog does. No. And I'll say that all day. And if you want to argue with me, Absolutely. bring it on for the fucking podcast. I would you. love that cat's first dog podcast. I was telling Kate about that the other day. <laughs> a cat looks at you in a way that he wants to destroy you. It's just not big enough to do it. It's not, man. That's so funny. But if it was big enough, it would eat you. Dude. I'm sorry. That's the mentality that a cat has. Uh, my buddy, Mark Youngblood, <laughs> uh, he has like, and he's convinced me to cats, 100% sociopaths. Oh yeah, absolutely. By every definition of a sociopath is a cat. Yeah. That's funny. So, but the, the whole reason, I just think that's funny. And honest to God, if anybody's listening and wants to have that debate, we're going to hit record and have that debate. And you're going to go home crying probably. <laughs> I actually said something really shitty at work the other day that I think offended one of the nurses, but I don't give a shit. She must really love cats, but they were talking about. I think her husband was at like weed eating or something. They have some land mm-hmm. and he, like someone dropped off some kittens. Oh shit. Um, man, I don't know if I should even say what I said. But <laughs> I can tell you that me personally would have not have handled the situation they did with rescuing them. I'll leave it at that. Um, but anyway, anyways, uh, I divert having Odin with, with you at all time, I say it all time. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you now have your companion. Have you ever looked at a dog as a companion, or did you always have dogs as pets? I've always had dogs as pets. And now you see that difference because that's oh, it. I like that you say it. Like it's that. a huge difference. Like, like he's your fucking bud. Yeah, absolutely. Y'all are right. 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 Yeah. How cool, man. I mean, even Jennifer saw. So Jennifer's a nurse. Mm. Um, she saw that attachment that I had with Odin so much. Mm-hmm. She wanted that too. So we got another one. <laughs> same type of dog yeah that's awesome and so that is hers I mean that's awesome. not, they're ours no, I but I get it she's bonded and connected mm-hmm. with Freya like I am with Odin yep and she saw that mm-hmm. that it was helping me yep and she felt that too for herself correct how cool man yeah absolutely that's so cool man and he's like you know I did a I did a podcast when I kind of first got started um that I also think you personally need to go listen to with uh, Ty King. Okay. Um, he does some of the other, the, the Win, Loser, Ty podcast, but he is a huge proponent for mental health awareness. Okay. Um, he has struggled with um, severe depression. Actually, I think I listened yes, to that one. You know, and he's yeah. very open mm-hmm. about it, which I think not only do you have people who are like that, but when people are willing, A, to just talk about it, but B, to talk about it, knowing that there could be people listening. Mm-hmm. Um, takes a lot of balls. Um, that he dug himself out of that. He still obviously battles. We all battle something sure. every day, you know. Um, <clears throat> anyways, uh, so the whole, you know, when we talked about like just the lack of mental health awareness, it's just so mm-hmm. sad. Um, I never really truly looked at it though from a standpoint of someone who's in the military who has seen these things and, and, and dealt with stuff that I can't ever understand. Traumatic events, but you know, you even think of someone who has like maybe they're like in the mall, like where that fucking if I'm sure that guy that fucking killed who had this handgun and killed that guy from shooting. Right. Yes. First of all, I don't. You may not know. Was he a vet? I feel I like to be able to do that. He, was, about he may not have been. The other day, but yeah, with I don't kid. know if he was or not. <clears throat> that one comes to mind. So like the people in the mall, like those guys' lives and girls' lives will never be the same, right? Right. Reason I say that is, is you lived what they lived, but you lived it. 10s, 12s, 20s, 30s of times. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, correct. 
And the fact that we're not doing enough for that is just mind blowing to mm-hmm. me. It is mind blowing. Jeremy Arnold, who's a listener, he's listening now. He did. He was on another podcast, a buddy of ours, Mark's, talking about kind of his some of his experience in the military too. And it's like I bet he would agree too. Just like he came home, he's like, "Well, here I am. What the fuck do I do now? Right? Figure it out on your own, mm-hmm. which is disgusting because yeah. I, like <laughs> you said, I think to figure it out on your own is most people going straight to the bottle. Yes. Um, we talked about the homeless people that you mm-hmm. see all over the place, but especially just walking up and down Vegas, I bet you would just like, because you said it's been a long time since you've been there, mm-hmm. like years and years and years. Oh, yeah. Probably, yeah. If you ever go back to Vegas. I went to Vegas when I came home yeah. from Iraq. Pay, pay yeah. attention yeah. to the cardboard signs or yeah. the hats that they're wearing. Most mm-hmm. of them are vets, yeah. and it's like, it, it kills me every time. And Dude, people are so mean to them. I give them money sometimes. I've honest to God and like whatever, judge me fine. I carry around the mini liquor bottles whenever we go to mm-hmm. Vegas in my pockets a lot because I don't gamble enough to get the free cocktail. So I'll just sit there and take a quick shot. Gotcha. I've given those to some of them. Like, hey, you know, they're going to, they need it anyways. You know, like, here's a right. shot. Maybe that makes me an enabler. I don't know. But, you know, I feel like I'm helping somebody. It doesn't matter. When people are so rude, it bothers Cassandra and I so much because we talk about it every time. Like, this is somebody's son. Yeah, it is. Probably somebody's brother. Could be someone's daddy over there. That's right. Who could be just as successful and happy as you are mm-hmm. right now, roof over your head, children who love their daddy, a right. good job. You know what I'm saying? And you yeah, probably experienced right. the exact same thing he did. For yeah. all you know, you might have served with this guy. I don't know. It could it could take one interaction yeah. that, that could have happened years ago yep. that changed the trajectory of that person's life. Absolutely, man. Um, so you always have to be very careful with how you treat people because, yep. you know, a bad interaction really can change. Dude, and it sounds so cheesy, but the, the older I get, the more I, I agree with mm-hmm. that. And, you know, I work a job and you work hand in hand with me, mm-hmm. right? But you also know what nurses do anyways because you were in the hospital for a very long time right. as a, an employee, not like you were in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know that sometimes patients and especially family members treat us like absolute dog shit. Yes. But you ha- I always try to make sure to just not let that get to me. I leave it at the door because if I go into the next room because you're you're my patient over here and you're pissed off because I didn't give you your water within the time you requested. Mm-hmm. If I take that to them, yeah. to the next door or to the, the mother who's just walking in the hallway because her son's in the hospital on a ventilator or something and I do the wrong thing, yeah. say the wrong thing, like I have totally fucked their day. Yeah. And I think about I'm not saying I'm always nice to everybody, but I sure hell try to be restaurant workers. Right. You know, I let people go and I'm in the car. I, I refuse to get mad and have road rage and flip mm-hmm. people. You never know what people are dealing with. I laugh when people flip me up. I'm like, dude, this is like, how are you that mad at seven in the morning? Right. <laughs> Anyways, like you just talk about like watching what you say, but you never know. Like, that's a good point. I could be sitting there popping off to someone you know, pissed off because they're over at a restaurant or something, you know, and they didn't, I wanted unsweet tea and they got me sweet tea. Mm-hmm. How do I know that that human being I just popped off with didn't just get done serving a tour in Iraq? Right. And is dealing with their own internal stuff. And when I said unsweet tea, all he heard was, I don't know, a drink, you know, he, right. And I pop off to him. That could be the end. You never know what, what moment will be somebody's last straw. Well, right. Yep. There's the straw that broke the camel's back. Yep. Well, it only takes one to break mm-hmm. the camel's back, even though the back has been strained exactly. by a thousand straws or right. a million straws. It's the one that pushes somebody over the edge. Yep. 
And you can, you can be yeah. the one that pushes somebody Absolutely. over the edge. Or you can be the one that pulls them off the ledge. Uh, that's a, such a phenomenal way of looking at that is like, you, why not be the other person? Right. Hey, are you doing all right? And that is hard to do. You have to be conscious yep. of yourself and your I, interactions. And some days you fail at it. Yep. Some days you succeed at it. But as long as you're always aware of it. Trying and to that's make what more successful. This is all about yep. is awareness. Yep. Awareness yep. of others. I being think aware of yourself. Yep. I think it's nonsense to think that any of us, even like someone who's like having these conversations now and then, like we're going to leave and like try to be cautious about it. On your drive home, we're probably mm-hmm. going to be, because we're talking about it. Right. Um, fresh it it's stupid to think that that's gonna you're gonna be like that every single day right you know I'm, this is just so funny we were at a, a place a block over has really good Chilton's and quesadillas and burritos I don't know if I say the name of the establishment um, we get their food all the time we get the Chilton's all the time uh, I called it to go order in. I personally am a firm believer that if I call in a to go order, it's because I'm in a hurry. If you're at the restaurant waiting in line, you clearly have nowhere to be. I should get my food before this long line. Mm-hmm. This place has a sign over the cash register that says two go orders and beer only. But there was someone, there was like 20 people in line. So yeah. I walked up, I was standing in the to go one. They wouldn't help me. I'm like, all right. So I go over to the little to go station where the girl was. And I said, Hey, order from Landry. She said, well, you haven't paid for it. And I said, well, you can, can you take the card and go run the cash register? She said, no, you have to go wait in line. Now I'm pissed. I did not handle this situation like I should. I felt like I was in the right place and I was right, but I didn't handle it well. So I popped off and I said, kind of defeats the purpose of ordering a to-go order if I have to wait in line now, doesn't it? And she just stared at me. She didn't bat an eye. Good on her for not letting some short asshole get to her. But dude, I was fucking fuming that I didn't get to her and that made it worse sure no I was whatever so I walk around I go get in line and I'll shit you not I was ready to murder this girl because she immediately went from where she was opened up the other, other register and started taking to go orders and I know she did that to piss me off sure it's she succeeded I'm like whatever I didn't say anything sure enough it just happens to be I go to her line she's like hey how are you what can I do for you today and yeah. I was like oh you know exactly what I was <laughs> I pay for my food. I come home. I'm already not happy. And then uh, they mess my order up. I've been on a health kick. I've lost seven pounds over the last three weeks. I've been trying to do something. Anyways, Mm -hmm. I ordered a burrito bowl. They gave me a burrito. Oh, man. You know, and I can't turn those tortillas down. I did, though. I scraped it all out, put it in my bowl. Yeah. But now I'm already pissed. So I got home and I slammed the food down and I'm F this and F that. Cassandra's like, what's going on? I was like, we're never going back here. F this place. And I'm so mad. And she's like, what the hell? I'm not going to talk about it. Now that I'm telling the story, what the fuck did this little girl do to me? Like, she may not have been supposed to be taking orders at that time. Right. Granted, don't have the sign that says to go. But at the end of the day, like, as I'm telling you this, I had no reason to be upset. Mm-hmm. I got my food. I went home. Right. I bring that up because like we can't always control our emotions and I try to be pretty sure. cool calm and collect I'm not an angry person I never have been I'm honest to God I've never been in a fist fight I've been punched in the face one time and that was by my brother and then I punched him back and that's it wow yeah crazy right mm-hmm. especially crazy if you know me enough because I got a really big male <laughs> it's I don't know how, actually I do know how I made it through high school I have an older brother and a twin brother who's twice my there size and that's how I made it through <laughs> anyways the whole reason I bring that up that stupid long story about that establishment that I've been to three times since then by the way I said I'd never go back right we love that place uh, you can't control your shit all the time but I would assume that this guy helping run this helps you to hone those tiny moments in yeah. you said that you worked in Virginia on breathing techniques mm-hmm. it sounds stupid to some people but man I have taught so many people that deep breaths mm-hmm. 
go a very long way. They do. They, it actually releases endorphins and mm-hmm. puts more oxygen to your brain. There's a scientific method to taking a is. deep breath more than just to try to calm yourself down. It works for a reason. It Absolutely. helps with pain control. I tell patients mm-hmm. to do that whenever they're not due for pain meds and they just had open heart surgery and they're hating life. I'm like, just trust me now. Believe me later. Get some of that oxygen in your nose. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of strategies that people aren't aware of and they think, oh, that's silly. It does. Yeah. Until you do it. And yeah. that's... That's another aspect of this, too, is that when you're trying to help people Mm. and you open the door, they have to be able to walk to that door. Yep. They have to take the steps. Mm. And so there's a big hurdle there. Mm. How do you get someone to be willing to... Just to step forward. To step forward and say, I need this. I'm going to commit myself to that. Yep. And so that's going to be one of our biggest challenges, I think, is convincing people that we can help you. Yeah. I think the hardest thing that you're also, so someone may know they need help without even knowing it. Like you went to Virginia and you probably didn't even know you needed the help that you needed. You knew there was something, right? Right. It was more profound than I thought. What I struggle with, even to this day, I've tried to get better once now I'm married and I've got kids and Cassandra and I have the best relationship in the world so we can communicate, but I don't communicate well. Um, I've held everything in my entire life and nothing bothers me. I've gone over the years to some counseling sessions before about certain things kind of for that. Like, why am I not speaking what bothers me or what, excuse me, the things that don't bother me that bother some people kind of bothers me that it doesn't bother me. (laughs) If you're following me. (laughs) Um, And and I spoke to a lady about that and I sat like this for about 45 minutes and I just stared at her and she would ask me questions and I would answer honestly, but there was no communication happening. Mm -hmm. That's her job as a counselor. She knows that that first session with a young man mm-hmm. is most likely going to go that way. You know, she, sure. she knew how to navigate that well. And then we talked a couple more times and so on and so forth. But I think one of the biggest hurdles that people have with trying to do that, especially men, and I don't think it should be this way, but it is. We kind of talked about that earlier. It's just the way that we're raised. Even my dad sure as hell did not tell me you're not allowed to cry and open up. My dad cries at the drop of the dime and he knows that he's very in touch with his emotions. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I'm not. For some reason, a lot of men are not. I don't like. I don't think it's a way that we're told to be raised, but it's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, most army, well, excuse me, military vets are gonna be male. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a big hurdle that y'all have to cross too. That I'm sure a lot. There's obviously the training is is getting this person to say, "Hey, this is a safe space. Mm-hmm. You can cry. You can talk about this. You can be upset and be mad and all. It's okay. Right. Hmm. It is. You're right. A lot of us are not built that way. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, you know, I'm not going to get too much into who I am. This isn't what this is about. Uh, I guess Ty always says, this is my podcast. You're just lucky to be here. That's right. (laughs) But there, I have had those same issues before with Cassandra. It's like, why do you not have any emotion? I was like, trust me, they're there. Yeah. There's love. There's hate. There's anger. There's happiness. They're just here. Interesting, it's man. all behind this yep. resting asshole face. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, congratulations for starting this up. So we can reach you how? What's the website? Info at, well, the email is info at opreset.org. Okay. The, the website is opreset.org. Opreset.org. Go check out the website. I don't care if you're a vet, if you want to donate, if you don't anything, check out the website. Actually, just the website alone is pretty damn cool. I checked yeah. it the day you we talked about doing this. She's like, Hey, we're live. Check yep. this out. I was looking at it. I was like, this is like a legitimate, mm-hmm. I feel like every aspect of this webpage is good. You've got information of who y'all are, mm-hmm. who you are. Mm-hmm. You got a picture of Odin, which 
fuck yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there's no denying what your mission is, what's going on. I think that the aesthetics of the website, whoever y'all had do that website, very well done. I think that it's a great looking. Yeah. I'm, it sounds stupid, but I've been to websites before. I'm like, mm, it's not interesting because it's not done well. No, I they, think it's a very good job. They did a very good job. So congrats it's, it's on simple and concise and going live. Um, whatever, which isn't much, you know, I don't have thousands of listeners. I wish I did, but whatever this podcast could do to help you, I'm down. Absolutely. You know me personally, dude, I'm all about it. You have helped my family. You've helped me out with some of my neck issues, family members Mm -hmm. for needing stuff and friends. Like, you know, I'm always here to do whatever we can. Um, we will, and I will, I will reach out to him over the next couple of days from what we were talking about earlier. Um, and then if, and when what either you with op reset or the guys out there, need help with I, I promise you if it's to get some physical labor done yeah I, he will get 10 15 guys here the day I'll need us that'd be great um, I can guarantee that much that'll um, be great because we always the, uh, I'm over op reset you know or operation reset but I'm also on the board of uh, T6 mm-hmm. and so we do tie closely in. absolutely yeah you gotta um, help each other out so I'll know whether one place needs help or another place needs help, so I have no problem. Yeah, we'll do whatever we need to for yeah, sure. Reaching out, just advertising, man. That's so cool. I just think that anybody needs help. But good, good lord, guys, we don't give veterans the respect and the um, awareness. The of uh, I can't. I'm going to say facilities, but that's the word I'm looking for. I'll think of it in a minute. It doesn't matter that that you all deserve. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that you were out there doing the things that you were doing without even battering eye, you told me a minute ago, without even half a second, no, I don't regret any of that. Mm-hmm. So I can sit here and say whatever the hell it is I want with no repercussions. To me, for me personally, I appreciate you doing that. You. That means the utmost thing to me that you did that. Jeremy Arnold listening. Um, if there's any other vets that I can't think of that are listeners, thank you for that. I think everybody feels the same way. I, I've, I don't know that I've ever met somebody that can't stand troops right i really don't think in my entire life i've physically talked to somebody that didn't like that i've met a lot of people that hated the idea of war sure i've met a ton of people the older i get and what i understand didn't appreciate that we that you were where you were and why you were there right but everybody had your back Mm -hmm. um but what all does that mean if the moment you get back you're struggling and i'm sitting here living my freedom life while you're sitting there Mm -hmm. internally ready to snap right ticking time bomb We've got to raise awareness for that. We've got to raise awareness for people who weren't vets, mm-hmm. who are struggling. Absolutely. Who need help. Um, so congratulations on the, the the website and starting that up. I know you've told me for years, even when we were still working together, that, hey, this is my end goal. Mm-hmm. It's so cool to see people set a goal and then, like, you're there. It's not just talk anymore. Yeah. So congrats on that. Hopefully we can help you out. Guys, go check out the website, opreset.org for yeah. Operation Reset. Um, give a shout out to Odin. You'll you'll know what I'm talking about. You're going to see Odin be like, oh, shit, now I get it. That dog's yeah. cool. Um, reach out to Brad, Brad Veal, if you need to get a hold of him because you are someone who either, A, can, you feel like you have something to offer for the uh, – I know it's not a business, but the business aspect of it, right. whether you can give some tips on how we can help expand this, whether that's via social media, how we can crowdfund, any of those things. If anybody out there knows that, please, I'm begging you, reach out to me and I'm going to get you in touch with Bradley. Or if you want to donate, or most importantly, if you are one of these people that feel like they can be of help from what Bradley's offering, yeah. definitely reach out to me and I'll get you in touch with Brad, 100%. Or if anybody's listening that knows a veteran or 
law enforcement first responder that's looking for a place to have camaraderie and looking for a place to yeah to find what might be missing in their life mm-hmm. um, and you feel like this might be something that that helps them put them in touch with us yeah um, even if it let's say they're not seeking the services right but they just want they want to help. something they want yeah. to be involved a veteran that wants to be involved with other veterans mm. that's really what it's all about yep is creating that that space yep that environment yep. that they can become a part of absolutely um, that's what you'll know that's what your comfort is that's right that's interesting yeah reach out to me i promise you within probably 20 minutes of a text i will have you in touch with Bradley. Yeah. Um, we got to help other people. Just be aware of what we're talking about, man. We take shit for granted. Look what Bradley did in order for us to go be pissed off at the taco <laughs> shop. <laughs> On 98th and Slate. <laughs> or 115. <laughs> that one's my bad. I may go give a bigger tip next time I order a Chilton or something. There you go. Be aware of what you're doing. Come on, guys. We got to be better. Do better. Um, I told... I, I wanted to challenge... Mark Youngblood and Jeremy Arnold because Jeremy was on Mark's podcast talking about a lot about his uh, endeavors in the military and I told you at one point as I did we're going to give him a run for his money but we wanted to wait till you had this going so gotcha. I appreciate you even opening up telling us your story I mean sure. I don't know anything about the military I really don't other mm-hmm. than fuck yeah keep it coming but yeah. I just I don't have anything to relate to that so the fact that you can even like kind of guide me into how that stuff works is much appreciated I, I think it's really cool of you to do um like I said, y'all be sure to check out Kiz My Botox. Uh, is there anything else you want to add at all? No. Let's just all try to be better and do better and help people. That's it. I will say this real quick. Uh, we didn't have time to dabble on it, but I had a podcast a couple weeks ago with my daughter's boyfriend about gun control oh, okay. and just guns <laughs> in general and stuff like that and kind of educating. Um Brad showed me some pretty interesting stuff. He's got a, I guess it's not technically an AR, but the, that type of style of gun that he brought to the house a little bit ago, he's showing me. With the, and then he brought his daughter's, how old is she? 14. His 14-year-old daughter's little, what I imagine as a rifle, and I think I discussed this on that podcast, 22-year-old with the wooden stock and yep. all that. It's yep. not like crazy, it's not a scary gun to hold. No, just a 22 rifle. That's the first time I've ever touched an AR before. Mm-hmm. Which, well, that style of gun, just a minute right. ago, a couple hours ago. Um, it's an intimidating thing to hold. I kinda, I'm kind of, i not going to lie, I kind of felt like a badass carrying that around. <laughs> it's, it's good. Uh, I would love to go shoot him. Uh, he showed me a 22 bullet, and he showed me the bullet that goes into these guns, and the diameters are the exact same. So mm-hmm. I am learning so much more about guns than I ever thought I would. Uh, so that was cool. We didn't get a chance to talk about it, but yeah, that's it's very right. interesting. Yeah, um, which I think just goes to show what you showed me, mm-hmm. and I think even you and Kate were kind of saying like you could almost conceal this little twenty two and do a lot more damage than you better than you can with one of these. Mm-hmm. Media will fuck with your head. They will. Marketing will really fuck with your head. The government will let you hear what you want to hear. You that's know right. what I'm saying? It's very interesting. So I'm all for being educated, and I will always. That's a good point. Open my if, mind if, to if that. If there's something that you're unsure of or you're against, before you turn negative towards that mm-hmm. topic, you should understand that topic. Yep. Through and through. Yep. Until you make a judgment. Yep. And so, just in life in general, and I try to teach my daughters this, educate yourself before you cast judgment. Absolutely. On anything. Or any topic. Or anyone. Uh, make sure you're looking at it through their lens as mm-hmm. well. 
Mm-hmm. Always play the devil's advocate. Yep, I Put agree yourself with in that position. Thousand percent. Um, as if you were the one receiving that negativity. Interesting. Not, and don't cast it. Yep. Because the same can be cast upon you by anybody Absolutely. else. And if you want to cast that negativity, you better then be you ready. should be open yep. and willing to receive any negativity cast towards Absolutely, you. Absolutely, man. I kind of tell the same things. At least to, to, to Reagan, I've taught her that before with certain you know, people when she was in high school that may have been different, you know, mm-hmm. and whatever different is to you. Right. Um, don't, don't count those people out and stuff. You don't know what they're facing and stuff. And how do you think they look at you? That's right. You know, they may be judging you just as much, but they're not the one saying anything. That's right. So that's good parenting, man. I'm going to use that same, same stuff. So good catching up with you, man. Good yeah, seeing you and chatting course. with you. Um, I got one more thing to say just to see how many people I can piss up. I'm going to tell you all you listeners right now, go drink a Bud Light. I promise you, you're not going to be gay by drinking a beer. Go buy some Bud Light. See ya. <laughs>